some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, hello, Undisputed Era. Last week, Adam, you said, please, please come see me face to face. Come back to the arena that I was kicked out of. I'm here. And I brought 28 years of NFL experience with me because I knew you better than you know yourself. I know that you go nowhere without these three stooges. I know that you would be nothing without these three stooges. And I know that you could never handle a face-to-face -face with a human like moi all by yourself. You ready to start now, Pat? Do you remember what happened two weeks ago when you and I were in this same NXT arena? Adam Cole? You probably don't. This is how it ended. I'll remind you. Shawn Michaels was checking for vitals on your soulless body right over yonder next to stupid Tom Phillips. Last week, you go on this entire rant about how you were being held back, that I took advantage of a situation Blah, blah, blah. I outsmarted you in your own house. In your own business, I outsmarted you. Then you went on an entire... You suck. Then you went on an entire rant about how I'm not special. Not special. You're the longest reigning NXT champ. You've wrestled all around this globe. You've wrestled in front of five people at armories, bingo halls, high schools, Japan, all over the world. And you got to here and you were the biggest star in this brand. What'd you call yourself? The king of NXT? You had all these people fooled. 400 and some days you were undefeated. Took me a minute and a half to knock your ass out. One minute, knock your ass out. One swing of this foot. Done. And on Saturday, Saturday, it's going to end the same exact way that it ended two weeks ago. You're going to be left unconscious after probably throwing a temper tantrum, after losing your mind, after losing your cool, because you and I are different level humans. You only gave me two weeks to train for this match. Two weeks! Triple H gets on ESPN, the cerebral assassin who kicked me out, who says, Well, Pat wants to be tough, I can make him famous. Two weeks is all I'm going to need to beat you. And you're going to have to explain to the entire wrestling community how you lost to an outsider. Let me tell you how you lost to an outsider. Because you're great. In this world you are. But I am next level.
This Saturday at TakeOver, I'm gonna make you my
Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 219 of the Hoots Podcast. In a world where people don't want to wear masks, where we have 11 matches in an AEW version of Velocity, and also in a world where women are indecisive. Welcome to the <laughs> world of the Hoots Podcast. <laughs> it's yours truly, Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I am not alone this week. I'm outside the host of the TBD Wrestling Podcast, a good brother, initially good brothers all formerly from the Pipe Bomb days. And this young man, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt McCool24, the pride of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or Westchester more specifically. Here he is, Matt Mitchell McMule. What's going on, Josh? So excited to be back on the show. As always, shoot the shit, talk about some wrestling. Uh, go Flyers, and I'm excited to uh, talk about SummerSlam and TakeOver and some uh, Renee Young stuff. Yes, a fresh, a great Niagara Fall waterfall, just like Alicia, too, as well. Um, I can uh, never I can never start the show, like, immediately without just cracking up, like, within the first minute. It never happens. I try, but you just start going off about the, the masks and women. I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, there's more where that came from, pal. Uh, <laughs> um, I hope you guys are doing well, having a wonderful week. Uh, we're, we're about a couple days away from a really hectic wrestling weekend, especially on my end. Uh, I, was, I put it on Twitter last night. I, I don't even know if I'm going to do the AEW Dynamite article until Sunday morning because I, I got TakeOver to do at the same time. Dynamite's going to be on TNT. And then you got SummerSlam which is probably going to be a four or five hour show. So that's going to be a long article to type out. But speaking of articles, you can find those articles and the best transcripts in all professional wrestling at pro wrestling transcriptions.com. I uh, want to send a quick shout out to brother Carter, who uh, sent us a brand new edition of the thoughts of Derrick, which will be airing following the airing of this podcast. So make sure to stay at the end to uh, hear what brother Carter's predictions are. Are for the oh, as, he, as, as he said the slam of summer. Uh, slam of summer. <laughs> so Brother Carter does have a pre-produced segment at the end, and you guys are gonna enjoy that one as well. So <laughs> always get crack in these clips from, and he, he he has like the little dun, 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 like the little intros he makes, and then he says the most requested segment <laughs> in all. In all podcasting, is the dots of Derko. Brother Carter is still out in Boulder, Colorado. I love it. Yes. It, the dots of Derko are up there, but the most requested segment outside of Wrestling Rewind on TBD Wrestling Podcast is What the Hell is Wrong with AEW? Now, for those who are listening or watching the show right now on YouTube, you're probably wondering, hey, Josh, what do you have to rag out on AEW this week? They, they didn't have a show last night. Just because they didn't have a show doesn't mean I can't talk about <laughs> AEW on my podcast, pal. Yeah, exactly. Now, now with the, that being said, for those who are watching or listening for the first time, I am not fully 100% against AEW. I wanted to make that perfectly clear. As a guy who covers – I covered every single event that AEW has produced so far since they started back in yeah. – Last May, I I covered Dark every week. I just mentioned in the beginning of the show they had eleven matches on Dark uh, this week. Ridiculous, <laughs> but I don't know how you do that, dude. Yeah, just with any other wrestling show, I give you my thoughts on the overall show. This is not a show that I come on here and pop a blood vessel over over who loses the match or who wins the match or anything like that. This is not a dirt sheet show. 
This hasn't been Dirt Sheet Show, nor will it ever be a Dirt Sheet Show. This is not what we do here. If you want to hear a petulant child whine like a fucking 13-year-old, go check out The Observer. It's, <laughs> it has everything you need on that programming. And, and yeah, and they, they don't get paid by AEW, right? No, no. Why not would they? Right. <laughs> yeah, just like Wade Keller doesn't either because he has yeah. contacts with John Moxley. <laughs> no, it came out on like their tax return or something that they all get paid by AEW. Yeah. Hey, Wrestling Media 2020 still hasn't changed. How about that? Yeah. Um, there's some good news out there. Obviously, I'm excited for the return of uh, Rant with Damp, now yes. known as Rant Foundation, the podcast, the good brother Anthony Stephanos bringing his show back. I think it's the week up. Uh, I think it's the week after uh, SummerSlam. That- and said he's reporting on Tuesday, so the episode will come out next week. But yeah, it's awesome, Ant back. Yeah, so. For me, one of my favorite wrestling podcasts that was out uh, during the time that this show was initially starting. Here's the crazy thing. I put it on Instagram story today. You guys can check me out there, Josh Lopez94. I put, like, hey, you know, not only is it today's National Radio Day, but, like, I've been in broadcasting for seven years. I've been doing seven years of these type of shows. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of good shows go, and I've seen a lot of bad shows justifiably go. And Ants always had, at least in my opinion, one of the most elite, elite podcasts out there in the world. So yeah. I'm happy for him. He's going to kick ass, and I love their new shirt. Obviously, I wear a lot. <laughs> the Rant Foundation t-shirt is just absolutely It's good color. It's all the Rant Foundation. I know Ant likes Bret Hart. It's it's perfect. I know he, he was. I know he retired, but I know he's missing it. And, you know, Ant's the perfect guy for a podcast. He's passionate. He works hard. He's a great promoter. So I'm excited to see Ant back as well. And also NAI is back for a YouTube network show, the NAI network. So it's, it's really cool that everybody's getting back in the game and all the, the community is coming back after a few people left. Yeah, I will give a shout-out to the NAI guys as well. I, I, I think the last, last, last one of them I talked to was Bill, but shout-out to uh, Liam and Jason as well. So shout-out to those guys. Um, and then finally, you know, a couple of things as far as this podcast is concerned. Um, in the, I think next Saturday – I'm having a little special podcast like episode here yeah. on our feed that I'm doing with the one and only King Ajar. Yes, let's go. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a fun discussion. This is going to be a once-a-month special where I reach out to my friends, people who work out who work in the industry, and just have nuanced in, in, uh, conversations about the industry as a whole. And when King comes on, uh, our focus is going to be talking about the coverage of professional wrestling. And I want to get his insight because he is a WWE stockholder and yeah. he understands the television business. So yeah, you guys really want to hear me go in depth as far as about demos and my real thoughts on Nielsen since that's what everybody still uses in the dirt sheets these days. Um, make sure to check out that podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, we'll talk about Biggie and uh, oh, yeah. Big Smalls a Probably outside of CM Punk, Notorious B.I.G. is my biggest life model when it comes to celebrities. And eyes. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that with King because he's a big hip-hop fan as well. So I'm, it's going to be a fun conversation. I haven't, had, I haven't done a show with King since he was a guest on the Pipe Bomb. So I'm yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we did that show down here in Seattle. I'm almost positive. It was like a Saturday. It was me, you, and Rob. Uh, King's always great when he comes on the Pipe Bomb. I actually had a chance to hang out with King um, when he – 
uh, very generously got uh, VIP tickets to meet Sasha Banks. So we, we hung out at Access at uh, Mania 33 and great guy for sure. And uh, that, that was also when I did the uh, Sasha entrance. And that's that's been tweeted out on on the Twitterverse. <laughs> Man, it's a crazy thing. It's been three years since we were at WrestleMania together. Uh, it's, in- it's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy how fast time flies. I mean, I can't believe we're already to SummerSlam. I know. I know. Things are going to get interesting in the next couple of months. We don't know what's going to go on with the uh, virus and the pandemic. So I, yeah. I hope everybody's being safe out there and being cautious with what you're doing. So, you know, wear your mask to people. And uh, actually, interesting, I um, I had a chance to fly down to Florida to do a little vacation with the family. And I honestly feel safer flying than I do going to a grocery store. I mean, it's safe. It's wear your mask the whole time. They give you hand sanitizer. They spray off the seats. Like if the flight wasn't that full, people stand away. Now, granted, the Atlanta airport was a little bit ridiculous, but that's the biggest and busiest airport in the country. So yeah. I recommend, obviously, if you don't have to fly, don't do it. But if you want to go somewhere or you have to go somewhere, I wouldn't hesitate to do it. It was a nice experience to have that. It was just weird having to wear your mask the whole time. That was the only thing. It's cool that you got to go down to my uh, favorite state. But I was on the panhandle, not in other areas, you know, more to the right. Yeah. You, 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 you were by the intellectual side. <laughs> area. Um, I was, anyway. I was floating in the Gulf of Derrico. Oh God. Watch <laughs> out, man. <laughs> Uh, last piece of plugs before we get into wrestling uh, conversation. We're going to do a little sports here in the beginning as well. Cool. Um, but last things and plugs, if this is your first time listening or watching the show, thank you for the support. Uh, this is a very um, chill, genuine pro wrestling slash live podcast. This podcast is – I want you guys to feel like I'm sitting next to Matt. And we're yeah. having a conversation about wrestling. This is not a ESPN show or anything like that. This is about fun. We have no filters. So, yeah, maybe a couple F-bonds early in the morning may throw you off. But if you're <laughs> asking podcasts, you just pretend it's night and then we're just shooting the shit. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any, any hidden agendas to pump certain promotions or, you know, twist ratings or anything like that. No, we don't have time for that nonsense. <laughs> uh, we're here and here to remind you that it's okay to be a wrestling fan. And obviously the goal for the Who's podcast is for the greater good of wrestling fans. And, uh, again, it's just a reminder that you could enjoy wrestling without having dirty mentality the entire time while watching it. So I want to thank every one of you who take the time to listen to the show, whether it's five minutes, uh, whatever it is. I really appreciate it because – I, sometimes I don't even like hearing myself uh, <laughs> editing the show or whatever, but you know that's just a self doubt thing that I always dealt with over the years. But like, you know, I, I'm I'm very I'm very grateful and I'm very proud of what the show's done over the last. I'm proud of you, dude. It's four, unbelievable. Four, five years. Some of the momentum that you've you know gained with the show and all all the listens and tweets and stuff. So you got to be really proud of yourself, hundred percent. Yeah, folks, we're fifteen thousand away from uh, two hundred thousand on Anchor, which is insane. That's insane. (laughs) Big, uh, as MVP would say, big things are popping and little things are stopping. So business, 
Yes, I love the Hurt Business. Who uh, podcast Hurt Business? Hey, when you get to two hundred thousand, we should do some kind of special thing on the show. We'll we'll do that for sure. I'll bring I'll bring a cake. How about that? <laughs> you know what's ironic about all this? We um, did our first show together. I think it was right before WrestleMania, and here we are now for SummerSlam. And I think we've had like almost eighty thousand <laughs> listeners since. Holy crap! <laughs> but uh, for the pandemic, the Who's podcast. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, make sure to subscribe to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Spotify as well or Stitcher. Uh, make, do the same thing for Match Show, TBD Wrestling Podcast. Um, they have a fun show. And guess what, folks? I'm going to be on the show next week. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Josh, we're doing a little crossover. I'm on the show today, and Josh is going to be on, like you said, TBD Wrestling. Uh, we've released, record on Tuesdays and release on Friday, Saturday. So, uh, it's me and referee Tony S. We have a great time. We answer your three crown questions. So um, a big big part of the show, whether it's the pipe bomb, um, WR pod, or TV wrestling for me has always been fan interaction. And three counts a fun segment where fans send questions. And Josh is always sure to throw a little little waterfall question in there to you know <laughs> to make me laugh in the middle of the show. But uh, it's it's always a good time, and I've really enjoyed being uh, you know recording with Tony and working together the last couple months. It's been fun. What did I text to Rob yesterday? Uh, fresh baked pierogies. <laughs> yeah, Rob texted our group chat and just said titty meat. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it was so random, but it was so funny. Um, I I really do hope, folks, before we get back to having full fancy arena and stuff, that we do have a pipe bomb reunion show. Yeah. We got to get that done. We got to do that, but it's got to be done right. With, with yeah. everybody. Oh, man. All right, Mitchell McMill. We're going to start off with sports really quick. All right. And also going to tie Renee Young here because they could have sports tied to it as well. Yeah. Um, first off, I want to send a very happy birthday shout-out to two people really quick. First off, my buddy Andrew Browning. Happy birthday, buddy. Shout-out to you. Also, happy birthday to Mitch Trubisky, who turned 26 today. <laughs> Uh, quarterback of my Chicago Bears. See, I got my mask over here. This is where I wear my tattoo shop that we're getting. If I could wear this at a tattoo shop with annoying girls laughing like fucking seagulls for three hours, <laughs> I think you could wear a mask as well. <laughs> yeah. So, happy birthday to Mr. Bisky. Uh, before we get to Renee Young, I want to get really quick your thoughts on what's going on sports-wise. I know you were upset last week with what went down with the NCAA. Yeah. And I, I got to get your thoughts on the Flyers and Eagles before we move on. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of sports right now, um, I have so enjoyed watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. The NHL has done an absolutely phenomenal job with the bubble. Zero positive tests, uh, but the playoffs are as great as ever. It was really nice, like, because as a hockey fan, I've never had the opportunity to – have a March Madness style schedule. And I swear, I mean, I've been watching hockey every single day. There's games from 12 o'clock until 12 o'clock at night. I love that. And uh, my Flyers have been, have played pretty well. A little frustrating game last night. Um, the Montreal Canadiens decided to play a little dirty and, because they can't keep up with us. But uh, we didn't, we did make a few mistakes. We had a lead. Uh, but our power play, our power play was like one for 26. And we had a chance to, to score after a double major. Um, somebody hit up high. So, uh, I think it was uh, 
Felipe Myers or uh, Travis Sanheim. But anyway, uh, game six is going to be tomorrow. I'm excited about that. And the Eagles have been cool. Training camp's been fun. And Deshaun looks faster than ever. So uh, sports have been cool. The only thing that does kind of suck is the Sixers really shit in the bed. But I didn't expect them to do anything in the NBA playoffs at all. Of course, Ben Simmons get in, gets injured. I'm I'm not a huge fan of his at all. I don't respect that guy one bit. I just I just don't think he cares personally. No, I, I don't have no respect for him either. Yeah, um, I also I also lost respect for Alshad Jeffrey before he left the Bears. Uh, so <laughs> why that? Just the locker room stuff. Um, yeah. And I saw what happened last year where uh, people were saying that he was the one behind the sources about Carson Wentz not being the good leader or whatever. I, I just think Alshon's always been two-faced as a person. He's a he's a good football player. He has a great catch radius and all that. But just as a person, and here's the thing. He was a guy that was mentored by Brandon Marshall. So that tells you everything. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I, first, it was Josina Anderson that came out with the report, and I don't really believe everything she says at all. Uh, but would I would I be surprised? Is he the kind of guy that if things aren't going well could say something and get upset? Yeah, I mean, but I th- I think that he's working. He's working hard the all season, and I'm expecting him to contribute a little bit. It just might not be until the, after the first six weeks of the season. So we'll see. I mean, anything we get out of him this year is a positive because he didn't really didn't play at all last year. Yeah. And then uh, we got the rookie receiver, uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, I saw him on NFL Network uh, yesterday and uh, seeing Darius Slay out there. Uh, oh, Darius Slay, <laughs> man. He's been, like, keeping all the guys loose. Uh, and we finally had a, a number one shutdown cornerback and a guy that can make a lot of plays because we had a uh, trash Ronald Darby for a couple of years, and he got, <laughs> he got turned around a lot. Well, let me just say that I'm – I appreciate the fact that Darius Slade's out of the NFC North now. So, oh yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> um, other NFL stuff I noticed. I saw that Gerald McCoy tore his ACL for the Cowboys. Did you see the video of how it happened? Yeah. This- oh man, like that wasn't a drill. That wasn't even like in full pads. <laughs> I broke somebody's collarbone in practice before. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's football injuries happen, but it's yeah. great. I think Adam Schefter put out a tweet, like all, all these players that just got hurt in one day, like, because yeah. guys haven't been training the same way they, they would in a regular off season because of COVID. So people are going to get injured more. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Don't you feel like the NFL this season is like hunger games? Yeah. Yeah. Especially watching hard knocks. Like you don't like, I guess, in your mind as a fan, you think, okay, it's COVID. Like they're going to have different safety protocols, but I really didn't truly get it until I watched hard knocks. Like the amount of, you know, they have to be tested every single day. I think through September 5th um, and wear masks all the time and change their locker. You see the Rams locker room is like in the middle of a field. Like it's crazy. You know, I I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about Hard Knocks because I was, like, really into it last year because it was, like, the return of uh, John Gruden and stuff and stuff like that. And I enjoy enjoy watching Raiders stuff, and shout-out to Adam. 
my brother, all brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just watching the Raiders and stuff, and <laughs> they had freaking Frank Caliendo do the John Gruden impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't sure how this one was going to be because I'm kind of indifferent to the Chargers. I think it's kind of odd that both their jerseys are practically the same. This yeah, season. It's such a weird thing when they play each other, man. Like, yeah. I, I know that people were pissed when the Rams the, – the Chargers jerseys people love, which they're great. But the Rams' new logo is trash, and I have no idea why they did. They, if they would have made the new Ram logo their primary, I think people would have loved it. I like that part of it, but just the LA with like the little, it looks like a Chargers logo, pretty it much. Looks, it looks like ass. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to see how things could go with the Rams and Chargers this year. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the new layout for their stadium, and of course the. Uh, the the Death Star, as I'm calling it. Oh <laughs> yeah, <Vegas>. <laughs> awesome, man. We play out in um, Vegas next year, and I'm definitely going. I've also never been to Vegas, so right. never been to Vegas, and also I just can't imagine there's going to be all Eagles fans on the strip. Are you gonna, it's going to be half the crowd of Eagles fans. I'm telling you right now. Are you guys playing the AFC North this year? I think we are. Yeah, so we have, we have to. We I think we have the Ravens. I believe we go to Pittsburgh, and I'm not sure like where the games with the Bengals and the Browns are. I had, I had the smallest glimpse of Heinz Field when I went to go visit Adam in Pittsburgh last year, and wasn't really that <laughs> impressed by the stadium. But I'm never impressed by anything in Pittsburgh. And uh, shout out really quick to the Pittsburgh Penguins who are playing golf right now in Pittsburgh instead of being in the bubble right now. Shout out. See you guys there you later. <laughs> but I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to jinx anything. Because we, right. we are still in game six tomorrow. And two teams already advanced, the Bruins and the Lighting. It's just frustrating we couldn't close it out, man. So frustrating. While the Chicago Blackhawks have the best logo in Jersey in hockey, the Flyers may have the best mascot that I've seen in hockey. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> I'm actually looking – I have a little like a gritty thing my friend gave me. The Flyers gave out. It's like a car magnet, so it's a little stuff gritty, and it's just on the window. Uh, and actually, it's really funny. So the Flyers do this thing for those of you that don't know, called the Community Caravan, where they have like parades all around the area. And um, they came down here to Seattle City, New Jersey, uh, last week, and I was on cloud nine. I got so many great pictures of gritty. Gritty was like. <laughs> There was this house where everybody had – they had, like, uh, shirts out, a bunch of decorations, and I knew they were going to stop. So then they stop, and Gritty literally ran into somebody's house. Like, he broke an enter in some – like, he's crazy. He was (laughs) hanging out in the Seattle City boat and running up and down the street. Like, it was such a genius creation, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Really quick on the Chicago sports end. (laughs) By the way, really quick – Every time I think about Hawks and Flyers, I just wonder if Chris Progner hates uh, Patrick Kane. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> Everybody does. And the thing that really sucks about Patrick Kane is that we were the worst team in hockey that year, but we lost the lottery. You guys won the lottery. You get Patrick Kane. And then I, I believe it was three, four years later, he scored the game-winning goal and beat us in the Stanley Cup Finals. And he's the best American player of all time. So. Yeah, we looked out on that one. Good times. And we got uh, James Van Riemsdyk instead. So <laughs> he's not too shabby. Uh, yeah. Really quick, um, 
you know, I was thinking about this with Chicago sports. Um, so Hawks are now golfing with the Penguins as well. Uh, they got bounced from the uh, first round due to uh, Golden Knights, and this will be a good transition to our next uh, talking point. But, like, uh, so I, I wasn't really expecting much with the Hawks because, first off, they, they had to win a qualifier to even get in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs in the first yeah. right? So uh, the fact that they pushed the series as far as they did uh, I thought it was a testament to the players that are still on the team. I, st- I still think there needs to be some changes. I, I feel like Corey Crawford's very underrated and undervalued, especially here in the city of Chicago as far as media is, is concerned and what he does to the team. Um, but there has to be a lot of guys that have, were on championship teams that probably have to go. You know, as much as I love watching Ducky Keith play, I, I'm pretty sure his time is coming up and – they had to start investing money on bigger players this time and not just who, guys who just won championships. Because, hell, you remember the 03 Lakers that had, like, Carl Malone, Gary yeah, Murray, and all yeah. trying to win another championship. And then they got swept <laughs> by the Pistons. That's kind of like how I felt watching the Hawks against the Golden Knights uh, the uh, this series. So, well, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm really impressed by you guys. I mean, because you were the last seed in the playoffs in the Western Conference. And – beat an extremely skilled Oilers team um, and not only beat them, but you beat them in their home city and their home building. Oh, that was awesome. Playing with house money. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I think that I have to give a lot of credit to the veteran leadership of, you know, Taves and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith and Corey Crawford. And it was really great playoff experience for a lot of your, your really good young players, which you do have a couple. So future is bright. Just got to keep trying to add pieces around them and, decide, you know, what you're going to do with those big contracts. I know Duncan Keith has a really big contract. Yeah. You're not going to get rid of Patrick Kane. Um, probably not Taves, but Duncan Keith, maybe. Seabrook's got to go, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, this weekend is not only a big wrestling weekend, it's a big weekend here in Chicago because we got Cubs versus White Sox at Ragged, oh. as I like to call it, or the Swamp in Wrigleyville. Um, <laughs> you, Cubs – I, I'm not buying what they're doing so far this season, and there's only so much you can gauge with it being a 60-game season, but I'm really happy to see how the White Sox going on with their four-game winning streak right now. They had a nice comeback win last night against the, the Tigers, as I like to call them. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, like, I forgot which uh, yeah. show that was. Um, do you know Tigger, the Pooh? What's hot? I'm trying to remember it's, it's Wait, so when he, the, the Tigger song. Yeah, thing about Tiggers. Yeah, that's what that's what reminds me of Detroit Tigers. I've been at that park. I also uh, we did. There's like an SBA in Michigan, like a sports business association, and we had like a little meet and greet there, and then went to the game. And I actually passed out in their front office conference room. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I like I like not like lock my knees. So then everybody in the SBA knew me. Like and this is my freshman year. Knew me as the kid that like passed out and broke his nose. It's not too bad. Detroit sleeps in their front office as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what I was saying is I was like, yeah, I'm a Phillies fan, so the, that red's going to be on their carpet forever, man. Um, <laughs> you know what the Phillies are doing? They had this thing called the Pandemic Crew where there's fans that go like kind of towards the end of the stadium and make noise. And I, I don't know if you heard about this, Josh, but – I think it was two weeks ago that the Yankees were here and they were blowing air horns and Aaron Boone stopped the game and the umps were like, we can't do anything about it. They're outside the ballpark. 
Wow, Aaron Boone's so annoying. I can't. Yeah, he is. But it's cool to see Joe Girardi back in a uh, uh, managing position. Um, yeah, Gabe Kapler was so incompetent, man. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. Awful manager. And that's exactly who I wanted. I mean, the Phillies have been kind of up and down. We did beat the Red Sox big time and then lost to him yesterday. So it's it's yeah. going to be kind of an up and down. Our, our bullpen is terrible. I, I hope I hope my Chicago White Sox put a straight boot up the Cubs ass this weekend. So um, I also hate the Cubs too. <laughs> I, I and you know why I hate the Cubs, and this is going to sound really stupid because I felt like their fan base just whined for years. We never won a World Series. Blah blah blah. We're so sad. We never won. Like, well, okay, you, you know, they they won a World Series, and the same Cubs fans you talk about ran Joe Madden out of the city, which makes absolutely no sense. Stupid. Uh, um. God forbid you have a sports team in Chicago actually make the playoffs annually. And <laughs> this city is – my issue with Chicago sports fans is it's it's up there with wrestling fans because they're just delusional to reality. Yeah. They try to act like they're New York sports fans, but they're not. Uh, there are smart Chicago sports fans in the city, but there's just people that just are absolutely – I don't know what their IQ rating is. I, I really don't sometimes because I'll, I'll listen to a lot of radio shows and shout out to my mentor, Jay Hood. Give the big morning show now with uh, David Kaplan. Uh, Kaplan on ESPN 1000. And I love I love listening to their show, but the radio callers that call out sports radio stations these days are horrible, snarky, uh, I, you know, sometimes I can handle sarcasm. Sarcasm. Sometimes I'm not the biggest fan of it. To be honest with you, I'm not really a big fan of people who are snarky just for the sake of being snarky and pessimistic the entire time because they don't know how to really engage with somebody properly. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of snarkiness. But like, and then you have these people that try to act like they know more than the hosts of the of the shows, and it's just it's so annoying. Hey, let's talk to uh. Ricky from South Shore. Ricky, you're on ESPN 1000. Uh, you know, let me tell you about this Nick Falls character. <laughs> um, <laughs> I my grandma could throw a better spiral than him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But. <laughs> There's a lot of dumb callers on Sports Talk Radio, and it's the same thing in Philly. It's the same exact thing. It it just depends. Yeah, I just laugh at the the people that now because the Flyers are in the playoffs, like. Oh yeah, then they try and like talk about hockey, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Or, or the people that say that uh, we should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz, which is the dumbest wow. thing in the entire world. It was the dumbest argument. It was honestly created by Sports Talk Radio, and I feel yeah. like it really hurt Carson himself, which sucks. Skip Bayless, <laughs> he's the worst. Um, so it's crazy to think we're three weeks out from Week One of the NFL season. I know. Um, Bears are in the middle of their quarterback competition right now. Um, I think they have the right people to make the choices on this um, decision here because Matt Nagy was the one that helped develop Patrick Mahomes in the first season of him when he was on the bench with Al Smith. But nobody in the media media ever brings that up. <laughs> it's just Patrick Mahomes magically did this all by himself. Yeah, he's, right. he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he didn't have any help along the way. I just find that ironic. But um, I, I, I heard somebody on the radio like, hey, is Matt Nagy on the hot seat? 
The dude just won the fucking coach of the year two years ago. What are you talking about? The sports fans <laughs> are so fickle, man. It's the same thing. It's either it's we're gonna win the Super Bowl or fire everybody, and there's no in between. No, it's it's stupid. But I think they have the right people to choose, not only for Matt Nagy, but John DeFilippo is the quarterback's coach. Yep. And I think he has a good eye more than anybody to pick out who's the right guy. We work with Nick Foles in Philly. Yes. So yeah. um, while the whole world wants to count Mitch Trubisky out, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to root for the guy because I just think it's ridiculous. Ever since the kid got drafted here, I'm saying that he's a kid. Hell, he's my age. What am I talking about? <laughs> Ever since Mitch got drafted here, People don't want him to fail. So for me, I'm a sports fan that likes to root for underdogs. So uh, I hope Mitch wins this competition and shows it up to everybody's ass this yeah. season. I mean, the, the has, has has too much invested in him to yeah. like where that they you shouldn't want him to fail. If you're a real, if you're a true Bears fan and your franchise invested, you know, a high pick and a bunch of money in a young kid, you shouldn't want him to fail. And, yeah, he struggled last year, but, you know, his rookie season, he played pretty well, and you guys went to the playoffs. And here's the thing, like, everybody keeps throwing Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in my face. I continue to say this. It's not like high school where you get all butthurt over the fact that a girl chose uh, the girl that you wanted with another guy. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's so stupid. And in most cases, you don't know how it would be if Patrick or Deshaun Watson is here. And nobody on planet Earth is going to tell me that John fucking Fox was going to develop Deshaun Watson or Patrick yeah, Mahomes no. quarterbacks. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Oh, he, he was great in college. Awesome. Tim Tebow was good in college, too. <laughs> like, people keep hyping up Deshaun Watson for all this stuff that he's good at. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but, God, he's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. It's not even close. It's so ridiculous. I mean, but we'll see. Obviously, players go through ups and downs, and the kid, is he's still young. Like, he's still developing. I mean, I know you guys have a great defense, and that carried you to the playoffs two years ago, but give the kid a break, and, you know, you can't – he can't change the fact that you guys didn't – draft Mahomes or Sean Watson. Just like Donna McNabb couldn't change we didn't draft Ricky Williams. It's it's the same exact thing when the fans booed him when we got drafted. And ended up working out because Ricky Williams was good for a couple of years and decided to go smoke some of the, the ganja and then returned eventually. So Yeah, so I am excited to see how things go with the quarterback position, but defense is um still looking good. Um glad that we got Robert Quinn off the Cowgirls squad. So uh, see how that goes, and then um, yeah, it's, it should be fun. We start out the season in uh, <laughs> in at Ford, Ford Field. Oh God, uh, <laughs> the hellhole of football stadiums. But um, I would hate to be a Lions fan. A Lions and a Browns fan is just like, what is your? <laughs> you you've got you've got about zero hope, and you have the best wide receiver of our generation, and still didn't win anything. Nope, that's, that's who, by the way, is not talking to the team and hasn't talked to the team since he retired. I saw that story this week because apparently they, because he retired and they were probably his cap number was twenty four million and they were going to cut him, I think. So he retired and they made him pay back some of his bonus money. Nah, it's it's crazy. Screwed up. That's messed up. All right, so for our first wrestling topic, we're getting to this week. Fun sports conversation there. Uh, 
Yeah. 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 34 minutes. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Renee Young, big um, rumor, talking point, nothing really confirmed yet by WWE as far as her uh, asking for notice. Uh, Her report big out that she's going to be leaving WWE to focus on other projects and she swats out of the company. Uh, I'll start with Matt since he's a guest this week, but I have my other thoughts on this whole situation and kind of the coverage behind it too, which has been kind of odd. But uh, Matt, what, what's your thoughts on all this? Do you think this is actually going to happen? And what what can you see her doing? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things to unpack here. Uh, Renee Young is a tremendously talented broadcaster. Uh, my sister's in the industry, and I always tell her, Jordan, like, look at what Renee Young does because she carries herself great. She's a professional. She's an amazing host. Um, I think it's a big loss for WWE. I really, really do. Uh, there's no one, you know, that they have talent-wise that can do the same thing she can. Not that they need her to. Uh, I mean, I think that the Talking Smack might be coming back. Charlie Crusoe is great, um, but she's no Renee Young. She's not. And uh, I, But at the same time, though, I'm not surprised. Her husband works for AEW. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, which I love WWE backstage, but it got canceled. Um, and I think that she was upset about that. And then she got COVID and, you know, obviously John has his own gripes with WWE in his time. And a lot of them are definitely warranted. So I'm not shocked. Uh, I think that ESPN a couple years ago, apparently was trying to lure her there. So I wouldn't be surprised if she went to go work for an NBC sports or an ESPN or, uh, Fox. I'm not, I don't think she's going to end up in AEW. I mean, what is she going to do in AEW? She's not going to AEW. She's going back into sports. Um, and my guess is, hmm, I, she would be great on NHL Live, um, but they have Catherine Tappan and Liam McHugh. So I, I will guess she'll probably go to ESPN, even though, like, I know they've caught a lot of talent the last couple of years, and especially, like, their talent roster. But it's a big loss for WWE, and I'm going to miss seeing her on programming, like, for sure. I, I, for me, I think the writing was on the wall of her leaving. Um, and nothing really about John Moxley, in my point of view, because I don't know outside of backstage what else she could have done with WWE. She, yeah. Since 2013, she's literally done everything. Yeah. She was the backstage interviewer. She uh, hosted all the pre-shows and kickoff shows and all that fun stuff. She... Uh, both for NC and uh, the main roster shows, um, the backstage show. She even had her own show on the network. Um, she was on Told Divas. I, I don't know what else Renee could have accomplished. In she, she, was on, she, was on, she was on commentary yeah. for like, uh, about a year or so. Um, I've always been a big fan of Renee Young for a lot of, lot of, lot of reasons, and um, I'm She's she's so talented in what she does that she, I think for her, she deserves a bigger platform than just professional wrestling. I think she could host Sports Center. She could be on a Today Show. She could she could probably do more than Maria Menounos if she wanted to. You know, yeah, she's definitely better. Um, so I, I I think the sky's the limit. Always when it comes to Renee Young, uh, just because of the talent she has. And uh, when I miss her on WWE television, of course, absolutely. But um, I just – the the assumptions of why she's leaving, I I just – for me personally, when it comes to people leaving organizations, I'd rather hear from them first than having 
freaking uh, Al- uh tell me <laughs> why why she's leaving, and supposedly that WWE didn't call her while she had COVID, and I, I really I don't I don't believe that for one sec. That's a ridiculous report. They didn't have a well check on her. And you know, you know what, Josh? You know we're going to hear from. We're going to hear on the uh, the Talk is Jericho podcast. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I said it last week. If you want a job with AEW, just gotta hop on the Talk is Jericho. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Judas in, Judas in my lungs. Ah, <laughs> uh, that got that got me earlier. Josh played that Jim Cornette clip before we started recording. It was so funny. I know I'm gonna get a lot of heat this week, but I'm no, I'm it's fine. <laughs> I, got, I got, I got your back. But I agree with you 100. percent I mean, I, I do think that certainly, like her getting COVID, and I, she was her, contract's a contract, and I guarantee her contract was signed a couple years ago, even when John was still in WWE. Uh, but you know, who knows? I know he has his gripes. I know that, but. You know, in any marriage or relationship, you have to support each other's interests and each other's passions. And I know that, like, he would not make her leave because he doesn't like the company. It's a great gig, but I think that I think that Renee Young, like you said, has other opportunities elsewhere, and it's more about her advancing her broadcasting career than anything that she doesn't like with WWE. Here's the question for you and everybody watching at home. Moxie has his grants about WWE, right? He felt like he wasn't able to uh, fully go to what he wanted to do, right? Has anything really changed since he's no. with AEW? No. No. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we took this whole hook, line, and secret thing that, oh, man, he had this big shoot uh, interview, like CM Punk did, and he's going to make this big wave of change. Like, oh, Moxie's going to do what CM Punk should have done years ago, blah, 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 blah. I still see Dean Ambrose on my screen on TNT. I mean, pretty much, <laughs> it's just a little bit rawler, a little bit. Well, you can, well, you can purse. <laughs> That's the yeah, big difference. <laughs> he still walks through the crowd and from the arena. And I mean, he's the AEW heavyweight champion, and he's very rarely main events the show. And you can tell you can say, okay, like it's because the roster's really deep, but I don't know. Like Drew McIntyre's main evented Raw plenty of times. And every yeah. WWE champion does. Yeah, John Moxie's the AEW world champion, but people keep saying that Cody Rhodes is the face of AEW. Tells you everything you need to know. Yep. So that's the thing. I, I when I there's one thing for people having gripes and then what's reality. Because, you know, as much as people think Ambrose is this next Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I saw Seltzer the other day talking about, oh, MGF's the next Rock. And uh, Cody Rhodes the next Triple H. And, like, Moxley cannot lace Stone Cold shoelaces. Let's start right there. And- <laughs> MJF can't lace the Rock's. Boots, he can't lace his acting career. He can't lace anything The Rock does. His physique, that is the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, it's funny how much Seltzer outtops himself when it comes to stupid takes. <laughs> He's always had stupid takes, but 
they've continued to embarrass them. This last year, ever since AEW started, they've just been continuing to embarrass themselves by the things they say. You know, they they're almost like they're almost like Mark fans. It's it's where they're supposed to be professional journalists, and it's, it's really journalists. No, I know, but that's what they're supposed. It's supposed to be the Observer newsletter, and it's been around for a long time. But you know, they continue to twist the ratings and oh yeah aw in the 18 to 34 demo beat raw oh really cool well you know the like you said josh you know the show is tv 14 right you know that it's you know it's on a diff completely different day but you say that and then you fail to mention the fact that raw beat lebron james and the lakers every other sport that night they got 1.7 million viewers now is that a great rating for raw no it's not but obviously we're in a pandemic and WWE and pro wrestling is so heavy relied on the fans and the atmosphere in the arena. It's who's, it's different. Who's watching television like it's the nineties anymore? It's no one. Exactly. And anybody could come on here and critique and review shows. That does not make you a journalist. And you can hear in their tone, you can hear how they conduct themselves in these videos that they post on YouTube. They're not journalists. They're not journalists. Hell, I'll tell you guys, I'm not a journalist. Yeah, what, I, what I what I am, I'm a professional broadcaster, and I also work in doing stenography and making transcripts. That's what I do for a living. I I, I don't I have nothing to hide. I'm not a journalist. I don't have sources. You know what my sources are? My right and left eye. That's all it is. That, that's what my sources are. So. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that, I just think they're they continue to uh be the definition of what the young club always was. The young club, um, <laughs> uh, so now that we're ranting on, on people, can I bring something up really quick, wrestling wise? Yeah. So, uh, yesterday Goldberg said in an interview that he has two years left on his contract and his contract runs through 2023. And to see the comments from people on Twitter. We're so ridiculous. Like Goldberg is such a major draw. And yeah. I think that Jason from NAI tweeted about it. Like, you know, he's been world champion in a bunch of different decades, you know, apart. There's no bigger draw than brought other than Brock Lesnar than Goldberg. Like, and I see people on Twitter like, oh, whose title reign is he gonna ruin? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, please shut up. Like for Goldberg to beat the fiend made it did make sense because he caught the fiend off guard. Now, what happened right after that? The fiend stood up immediately and disappeared and then was going to go face John Cena at WrestleMania. But after that happened, you look at Twitter and you would have thought that like the world ended. It's ridiculous. I don't know why Goldberg gets so much flack. The guy's in unbelievable shape. He's a great, he's a genuinely great guy. Um, especially from my experience, he, you know, hearing what he's done and uh, for Jason and Bill and Liam and coming yeah. on the show. And he just, he's a good human being and he does really care about the fans. And that's why he came back. And it's just so stupid that like a lot of these marks don't really appreciate him and appreciate the fact that we're, we're even seeing Goldberg wrestle. Like he doesn't have to, you know, he's not burying someone. If you lose to Goldberg, I mean, did Goldberg bury Brock Lesnar when he beat him in Toronto? No, no. Um, he did beat another all-time great and it started an awesome feud. Right, and we were there for WrestleMania 33, which was way better than the WrestleMania 20 match. Um, I I don't have any personal beefs with Goldberg. You know, for me, like 
was I the biggest mark for him over the years? No, but I didn't hate him or was totally indifferent to him. Like, yeah, okay, he beat The Fiend with the, for the Universal title. Folks, The Fiend does not need a championship. And I'm going to mention that later on when we do our predictions later on. The Fiend is not about world championships. Bray Wyatt, the character, does not need a world champion to justify his star ability. And also, folks, in 2020, can we stop having Twitter be the end-all, be-all on what's over and what's not? I'm sorry, guys, especially those who listen to the show. If you're the biggest wrestling Twitter market in the world – I, I sorry, I take a lot of what you guys say with a grain of salt. Yeah, I just do because I'm tired of the fickleness. I'm tired of the agendas. I what, is it too much for me to ask for some nuanced conversations about pro wrestling without having an agenda behind it or just being snarky the entire time? Uh, like we got this reveal of the Thunderdome coming up tomorrow on Fox, right from SmackDown. And everybody's just waiting the shit out of it because God knows everything WWE does is wrong. <laughs> yeah, and everything AEW does is right. It's just I don't understand why people these days and wrestling fans just can't take a step back, look at what you're viewing, pinch yourself, and realize that there's so much content out there. We've got wrestling on every single night of the week, and that's not even kind of New Japan. You know, right. I just don't understand why. And yeah, is WWE perfect? No, Whoa. no, their product is not perfect. And we're no, no company about is it. perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, there's they, not one wrestling company that's perfect. But give them credit for being able to, you know, stage shows and have some creativity with all the different the boneyard match and the different little nuances they've done in the performance center. And now to go from the PC to the Amway to the Amway Arena and really, really try and make this a much different thing we've never seen and people already ready to shit on it. Like why? Like I'm so excited for this. Uh, Doesn't make any sense. Folks don't want to enjoy wrestling anymore. They think they're in the boardroom, but they're not. Well, they're not. They don't understand the boardroom either. They don't understand the fact that this is a, a business, a publicly traded business on the stock market. And you know, the fact that your favorite superstar doesn't go over has nothing to do with the stock price, and they have to answer to investors. So I, I don't well, really care what anybody has to say about that. Yeah, well, l- listen to what Triple H said in his conference call yesterday about the metrics they look at because somebody had to sneak in an AEW question about ratings. Oh, oh, it, it was Meltzer. Surprise. Oh, uh, it was Meltzer? I didn't yeah. hear about what he said. <laughs> so Triple H had his conference call for XC TakeOver 30 yesterday, and um, he was talking about – you know, people are always talking about, oh, the overnight raids are always this and that. There's much more into what they gauge of the directions they go with a lot of the shows. It's not just what all of us read on websites and social media or shows like this. There's much more to the MCI, guys. WWE is not a professional wrestling company. They're it's not. not. <laughs> and I keep saying this every week. You should not want every wrestling show to be presented and booked the same way. It defeats the purpose. Why am I going to listen to R&B if it's going to be a knockoff version of country music? Why yeah. am I going to watch AEW if it's just a knockout ver- knockout version of T- uh, a TNA and WCW? Like, what is AEW's identity? You know, I get, props, I get props to Impact Wrestling because guess what? They're focusing on their own shit. 
with the exception of Brian Myers. I heard his promo the other day on Impact and just absolutely embarrassing. You know, all these guys that get released. Oh, I have no, I harbor no ill will towards the company. And then the first problem I get to cut on television. Oh, this 70 year old old man's making the wrong business. At some point, for everybody that gets released by WWE, the less sympathy you're going to get from me when you come out and your first promo is about how you're being held back. Because at the end of the day, yeah, are there situations where the company does hold performance back? Yes, I'm not naive to that. But yeah. also that's a comes to a point where, where you are as a performer. And I, I well, see are you I think that, that reliable crutch of, oh, I'm going to bury Vincent Man so I can be over in my next company is just a dumb formula, in my opinion. It's been overdone over for a decade yep. already. Nobody is going to have the impact of knocking down, uh, knocking down Vincent Man like CM Punk has. Nobody. No, absolutely not. Not Moxley, not Brody Lee, not Jake Hager, not even Chris Jericho. Not the Revival. Chris Jericho's turned from Y2J to Y2K. That's what's happened in 2020. And, again, so as we wrap up with this, um, put a random ball in this segment, I'm really happy for Renee Young. Uh, She's got the whole world in front of her. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. <laughs> and she's yeah. doing a great job. Hell, she got her cookbook coming out soon. I'm looking forward to that. And she's just a wonderful person. I hope I get a chance to meet. Maybe day. she wants to host Top Chef. Maybe she wants to, you know, do different things. Like, you can't assume that she's leaving because of, you know, ill will or something didn't happen. And I think it's, it's very naive and unprofessional for journalists to try and push that narrative. Um, because it fits, it fits where they want to go with certain things. So breaking uh, news, like you said, it's unfortunate. And I actually, one of my very, very close friends did meet her and Ambrose and said she was lovely and she was a great lady and really took the time for the fans. So I'm right there with you, Josh, and I'm definitely going to miss her on uh, WWE TV, but you know, she's got to follow her own passions and, you know, advance her career. And like you said, I don't think there's anything else she could have done except for be an on-screen character, which she already actually she already was that with her husband for a little bit. So there's nothing else she could have done. I, I also do think and believe that she was definitely very pissed about the backstage cancellation. I think that does have a, a factor in her giving her notice for sure. Well, she can be upset. She can be upset all she wants. It's uh, Fox's control. They made that decision. Yeah. WWE. Yeah, it's the name of the show. It's WWE backstage, but it's a Fox show. Everybody knows that. So. I don't know why she's t- harboring that anger for backstage being canceled towards WWE when she's still do- popping up on the kickoff shows and doing those segments with JBL and Booker T. Bet you any money she's on SummerSlam this week. Oh, she definitely will be. I mean, she tweeted, like, let's close this out, which means, you know, she's done after this weekend. Yeah, so I, I just think that time point is kind of odd. You're on, you're on Fox. They made the decision. This wasn't just backstage that was canceled. There was yeah. a lot of stuff on FS1 that got put away. I, I, that 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 doesn't get simple. And I mean, if we're being, I look, I really enjoy the show, and I know you. I love too. backstage. Too. I mean, I watch it every single week. The only thing I didn't enjoy was Paige and Booker T and Ember Moon's comments they made. Isolated, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed, you know, having bring on different athletes and have them do the promos. And when they would, you know, cut, when Edge came on and talked about, I just like that 
as a wrestling fan and as a fan of WWE for, you know, 16 years plus now, like I, when you pull the curtain back, everyone wants to see that. And this is the first time that uh, WWE show really has done that in terms of uh, act like sports center and cover like a business. And I, I really did enjoy it and I feel bad and I'm sure she, maybe she's a little bit upset. Okay. You could have said something, you know, I believe that the weekly studio show is in Fox's WWE contract, but who knows? And she probably doesn't want to wait around to see if it's going to happen because I'm sure that they're probably like, oh, yeah, we might bring this back monthly. It might be after the pandemic. But, you know, she's got a career and, you know, she's a hot commodity. So why why stay if your contract's up? I don't I don't blame her one bit. It's just mm-hmm. it's more from my perspective like you where it's just sad that we're not going to see her on TV anymore. Right. I did get some breaking news um, while the show's going on today. Okay. Cool when that happens. I love that. So, AEW signed that they're actually having fans come into Daily's Place. They're selling tickets for 10, 15% capacity at Daily's Place starting uh, next weekend. Um, mm. Tickets are going out on sale, and um looks like um, we'll see uh, if the COVID guy can really prevent coronavirus. That's <laughs> crazy. Coming back. <laughs> how, is, how is the government of Florida allowing them to have fans, but there's no fans in the Amway Center? I don't understand how that's um, happening. But, but also at the same time, though, there's been fans in Daly's Place. Maybe they're not ticketed fans, but there's been family and friends there. There's been other people that aren't a part of production there. If you, I mean, you can hear it in the crowd. There's people all throughout the stadium. And um, my one of my best friends, Agav, said, oh, we should go down to Jacksonville and try and get into Daly's place. But now we can. Got yeah, a lot of, we'll one see. of my best friends from kindergarten lives down in Jacksonville. And my sister's boyfriend's family, who we're really close with, they live like 10 minutes away from there. So we might do a Hoots podcast and TBD trip to Jacksonville so we can uh, witness AEW live. <laughs> We'll, we'll bring a boombox so Derek, so Derek can play the uh, AW segment oh at the event. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring a brown paper bag that they bring in football games just to put my head put over my head during tag team matches. <laughs> That's crazy. Breaking yeah. news, folks! Fans are coming back for dynamite shows. Um, wow! All right, Let's get to um, this week in WWE, uh, as we're here right now on the Who's Podcast. Uh, we've got Matt Mitchell McMill, as I like to call him, from the TBD Wrestling Podcast. Uh, coming up this weekend, we got SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 30, which is absolutely insane. Great. But for this week in WWE, we talk about two things. First off, the Thunderdome, and then we're going to get into Raw for this week. Not bringing out every segment, just overall thoughts in the show and stuff like that. But um, I wanted to get into the Thunderdome because um, I've seen some people already sign up for the virtual thing. They're actually going to go all out about it. <laughs> oh, you signed up too? I did sign up, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, man, that's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Going to get to see myself on TV from this house. I don't know how it's going to look. It's going to be cool to see. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> you guys could be stuck waiting for the show to start to have that song in the loop. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think there's going to be some pretty funny sites. I just don't know how they're going to control like what people – there's just going to have to – has to be people in the back just like – because people could do different chants and cuss and have signs and AW well, merchandise and like – 
The NBA has virtual boards. They yeah. have their games. From what the games I've watched, I haven't really noticed that much of a. I think I think they can handle it. Like if it's nothing really over the top, and I I guarantee you. Somebody during the show tomorrow is be like, "Oh, WWE gave them scripts of what to chat." And blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know, nor do I care. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said this when the pandemic started. My focus is on the ring. I don't care about beach balls. I don't care about AEW chance. I don't care about <laughs> chance. I just want to yeah. watch fucking wrestling. Is that too yeah. much to ask? It's not too much to ask. No, but I think that we uh, we kind of touched on this earlier. I am so looking forward to this. I think it's a long time coming. Uh, I really think it's going to rejuvenize the product and set the stage for the fall TV season. I can't wait uh, to see how it looks, man. With the it's going to – based on the video that I sent you before the show, like it's, it, it's going to look unbelievable. And I really think this weekend – and I'll save the rest of the, for predictions later, but I really think there's going to be a lot of big-time returns, surprises, just because – they're finally back in their element. They're in an arena. Yeah, you've got the big stage. Even though the fans aren't going to be there, there's going to be crowd noise. The camera angles are going to be different. Like I, I just think that if you want to set yourself up, like we said earlier, to have this be negative, that's your own personal prerogative. Uh, I know there's people that haven't watched the product for months that are looking forward to this, and that's great. Like Just give it a chance, and um, I am so looking forward to it. And I just think that it – they put the effort in. They're obviously going to really try. It's a big creative step for them. They've never done this before. And just give it a shot. Like, why, why not? Like, you can't set yourself up to be negative. If you did that, then you might as well not even watch it because you're setting yourself up to think it's going to be bad from the jump. Right. And I'm just really – I'm just thinking about it. I'm, I'm picturizing and visualizing what the Fiend's entrance is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> They said they got lasers and drone cameras, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kind of curious with the with the visual aspects. I saw Kevin Dunn. We're not wrestling. We're not wrestling. Um, I saw the interview the, with Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, I saw the interview, and he was saying that um, WWE watches uh, people watch WWE because it's a spectacle. And yes. let's have a point to that to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. The point's always been about the big. Pop, it's uh, sizzle. It's never always been about steak. And I, I think visually, WWE's production has always done a good job with entrances and kind of stage stadiums and stuff like that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious to see how the layout of the fans are going to be around the arena. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And, hey, we still got to hear um, freaking Tom Fields on commentary, so hopefully that changes soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, I, see, I'm fair. I, I'm fair and balanced. I have stuff that I don't like about the show. You don't like Tom Phillips? No, he sucks. I hate coming on here and saying people suck at the jobs, but it's, just, it's not good. I don't mind Tom Phillips at all. I think he does a decent job. I miss I miss Vic Joseph on uh, Vic know, Joseph. Play by play. <laughs> yes. You know who I don't miss is uh Jerry the King Law. Nobody does. <laughs> I used to, every single time I go to the shows, I used to boo the crap out of him whenever he came out. By the way, shout since we're talking about commentators, uh check out Court Grade's uh Bear with Us uh podcast with Carmela. Really cool like relationship. Facebook has been uh, very helpful uh, watching their shows, listening to their podcasts actually over the last couple of weeks. So, really enjoyed their stuff. Um, 
<laughs> you know, we were, we were talking about the fans coming out in AEW and trying to make logic out of that. Yeah. Matt, you know where I'm coming from with this. I can't make any logical sense out of anything that comes out of Florida. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, no, <laughs> not one hey, thing. <laughs> hey, it's crazy. Like, there, the the state is just so different. Whether it's like the Panhandle or Jax or Orlando or Central, and then you go to Miami and you feel like you're in a completely different country. It's crazy the the difference of, you know, people, opinions, political affiliations, affiliations. Like, and then Key West is in Florida too. It's also different. It's almost as it's almost as like up and down as Michigan, but it's even worse. Yeah, uh, it doesn't get as bad as over here with the guns, uh, guns uh, coming over from Indiana, but the city and the state does nothing about it. But <laughs> uh, yeah. it's just a bad sight here in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just unfortunate when I have to put on news networks that we're just the crash test dummies uh, in the city people can poke fun at. But uh, it's what it is. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll find my way to move on. The, you know, I'm, just, I'm ripping Florida, but I want to move down there too, which is the funny thing. I might be doing the same thing. Yeah. We should get like our own, like, <laughs> like, like townhouse or something or whatever. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sick. There's. <laughs> We could be roommates. I don't care. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to be roommates with you, dude. That'd be so much fun. We would just watch wrestling all the time and sports. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Get some sports and enjoy all the fun stuff, man. I'm the kind of guy that, like, I need to be at the beach, like, by the water. I don't know. I've always been around. I hate leaving the beach every single time I do. I know you can say, oh, yeah, everybody does. But, no, I, like, I li- literally feel better when I'm by the water, at whether it's down the shore or in Florida or in Key West. Like, I just I love it. Just as long as I'm not fishing, then I'm good by water. I I, I have I had a story that I was in uh, Ohio one summer in 2011. This is right before Puck did the whole pipe bomb promo. Oh, really? I went to I went to, um, <laughs> I went to freaking Cleveland of all places for vacation <laughs> with my uh, aunt, my aunt and uncle Jeremy. Right, and um, we were out in the middle of Lake Erie fishing. I was throwing up so much in the oh. room that I started – I didn't shit on myself. I want to make that clear. But <laughs> I had the most embarrassing moment of my life. I'm in the middle of Lake Erie. I'm throwing up and I'm blowing ass at this oh. stage. It was just brutal. Me and seawater and any type of fishing environment is a big no-no. I just feel nauseous and – it's just a bad sight. I know it, it really, really affects people. Like I actually, when we were down in Florida for the first time, we went like deep sea fishing. We didn't go, we went like maybe 15, 20 miles out. And I was yeah. fine. But like my dad and Mr. No had to take like the medicine. And I, I like texted my Nana. I'm like, Hey Nana, I didn't take any medicine. I was completely fine. Like I just, I, I'm used to being on boats and, but I will, I will say though, like even a couple days later, and it's the same, like you go on a cruise, like you still feel like you're rocking a little bit at times. Yeah. Um, Really quick. uh, What was your thoughts on raw? What what stood out to you? What you liked or disliked for the show this week? Uh, So what I liked, um, I like how WWE is presenting Shayna Baszler. Um, I love it. I think, I actually think she should be the one to beat Sasha. I would prefer that. Uh, I love how they have Marina Shafir and Jessamaya Duke on Raw now. I wouldn't be shocked to see them um, beat Sasha and Bailey at payback. Who knows? 
Uh, I love the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler story. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, continue to like the Hurt Business. And I, I do think that it's really funny that, like I said before we started, Retribution goes in the in the production truck and they like held that one guy gunpoint and then they weren't on the rest of the show. So I found a member of Retribution last night on NXT. Really? Which one? Uh, the girl that fought Dakota Kai last night. Uh, her name's uh, Jesse Command. If you watch the match, you see the black and um, purple hair. Uh, and Violet Streaks. It's the one girl that I remember she was in the ring and she was staring down Biggie and John Morrison last week on SmackDown. It's Jesse Command. That's one of them. I, I want to give props to Bully Ray because he had this really cool concept for what uh, Retribution could be. Like, obviously, we haven't heard promos. We don't know who's behind the group. I keep saying Shane Meek Mahan because I'm keeping hope that the hacker is actually the guy behind this. But, um, that would be really good long-term storytelling. And it may happen. You never know. Yeah. Um, but Bully said that the concept of uh, retribution could be um, has for you. five letters. Creative has nothing for you. C-H-N-F-Y. Th- that's the concept. All these people oh, that are wow. on TV – or people that are perceived they're hold, held back wherever, or they don't have the greatest win-loss records, like a shorty G. <laughs> uh, or I, I love what MVP's doing. He's a man, obviously, but him accusing Apollo <laughs> for being the high-resolution with Yeah, that, that is that's <laughs> like, you gotta, you got to do all these lights here? Like, it's so funny. Uh, I personally think the two names to me that stand out, and I – I've said this all along. I don't think that we're going to see the actual members of Retribution until they're unmasked. I think the people that are doing this stuff now are just doing it like for the production. And then once they get unmasked, we'll see who it actually is. Two names to me that stand out, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Aleister Black are two that I think could be a part of the faction. Watch out for Seamus. Oh, Seamus would be cool too. Yes. Um. You know, it'd been kind of cool if Christian was still wrestling. Like, if he was in, in a group like this, just for the hell of it. Hey, I, I want one more match, but Creative has nothing for me. I just want that one more match. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you can. Here's the stuff that stood out for me for all. I really, I guess, I really enjoyed what's going on with MVP. He's just been fantastic. I'm a big mark for the her business. Oh yeah. Um, Something's got to give with the twenty four seven title sooner or later. Um, I, I, for me, I'm at the point right now. I love our truth, and I enjoy what he does. I think his game show on the network is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, 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 for me, I'm kind of curious. Like either him or Cedric Alexander are going to be joining the Hurt Business sooner, sooner or later. Yeah. So I got to see which one that's going to be. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, and I want to let that play out and see where that goes. But. Uh, Something's got to get with the 24-7 title. I, I don't think it's going to be around for much longer, so we'll see. It was, it was just used to kind of pump up programming, and it was fun while it lasted. But, I mean, the only person that really makes it funny and entertaining is R-Truth because he's like a 40-time 24-7 champion, 24-7, 365, I-95. <laughs> I watch reruns of uh, – <laughs> I, <laughs> I watch reruns of Saved by the Bell <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I want to give Raw props for this. You know, trying to format a three-hour show is probably an undertaking of all entities because God knows how you actually want to do it the right way, what segments, what feuds get more time than others, blah, 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 blah. But I think conceptually, I think Raw Underground is a great thing for the Raw show because you got people coming home from work. They're stressed out. They're burned out. So in the break between a promo, a big, like, serious promo segment or match, you see somebody get their ass whipped. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you may never have a title. You may may never have storylines behind it. But for however how long this raw underground thing is going to go, <laughs> I think it's a good thing for the three hour show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a creative concept, and I, I said on TBD, I, I feel like it could introduce and you know put over a talent that maybe they're going to be on NXT TV or they you know they're still training. It's going to put eyes on new talent, and I think that's very valuable. Yeah, it is valuable, and I, I if if Raw Underground spins to Shane McMahon being high retribution, I want Bruce Pritchard to call me on speed dial because <laughs> get on top of his shit now. <laughs> Been calling this out since freaking May. Uh, <laughs> now I think the retribution thing is like kind of a play off of like the protests and stuff. That that's as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, well, they're trying to. Play off that uh, I saw a little somebody, bit. I saw somebody say yesterday that Robert Stone is ripping off uh, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. <laughs> Getting ran over by the truck by Chassie <laughs> Black Archive symbolism like at, uh, at the X running over uh, WCW. <laughs> oh man, um, I had a couple matches written down. I mean, I, even though the premise of it was okay, like yeah, you know, Debbie Burnett, very nice waterfall. You know, it's it's okay. Uh I I enjoyed the match with uh Garza and Ivar Men. Angel Garza is gonna be a big time player down the road. Um yeah, I thought that was a good match. Uh we had Seth Rollins and uh Dominic had their final segment before uh their match coming up at SummerSlam. We'll make predictions for that later on. But um I, I enjoyed that segment. You know, it, it's very interesting to think about this full circle. 15 years later, Dominic's literally having his first wrestling match. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. It's <laughs> I look, he's when this started, I just could not get that out of my head. Like Dominic, like really? Dominic! Like I can't I can't get it out of my head. It was, that was such a I'm good your daddy. I'm your poppy. Like it, it's but he has done a really great job. He has. I know he's been training. I heard the Ray Mysterio just resigned, so I, you know, Dominic was a big part of that. But he's a big guy, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think that it's an interesting match, but you know, who else would you want Rollins to work with at SummerSlam? I'd rather him work with Dominic than Ray Mysterio. That's just me. Seth, I have to say this, Seth Rollins. I don't know if it was intentional that he was talking so fast during his part in the backstage area, but. For those who are wondering, when I transcribe the show, I'm actually typing on the dialogue. This dude was talking so fast uh, during his part of that segment. I was like, slow down, man. I'm trying to get your shit over, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Seth Rollins has been killing it on promos. Too, so oh, yeah. That's good. I-, I agree with you what you said about uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, the match um, tag team-wise, I thought it was pretty good as well. Um a little odd scenario there with the referee 
over there where you have Nia Braun with uh, Shayna Baszler, but the match is not a disqualification. Yeah, that was that's, good. That was the first thing. Like, I didn't, it didn't bother me that Shayna came back in the match. She was never saying, oh, Shayna Baszler is eliminated or disqualified for the match. The match should just ended if Nia Jax was attacking because that's a legal competitor in the match. It's a tag team match is not a hardcore match. It's not like the triple threat rules where you can do whatever you want. You know, it's it's a different uh environment. So I I, I thought that was a little odd, but um, you know, you had another Bailey Sasha promo, they're saying that um they're they try to play it off like they're like really nervous and they're like, uh-uh, we're holding all the gold. <laughs> <laughs> and like Sasha has like the biggest jawline when she laughs, ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do too, so I, I can. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny, um, but um, and then finally we had Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. I was enjoying Drew McIntyre's promo in the beginning before we had all the retribution shenanigans. I was I was kind of hoping the segment would end with retribution attacking Kevin Dunn, um, but that would have made <laughs> that, that, that would have made the baby faces, so that would have been a bad <laughs> decision there. Um, um I'm really excited for Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. It's, it's my favorite thing on Raw right now besides uh Seth Rollins and you know I yeah Shawn Michaels is gonna be Shawn Michaels. Um, him no sell, no selling the punt in the RKO probably was not the best look. No, that was terrible. And also, like, I don't. It was kind of. I know a lot of people said this on Twitter, and like everybody gets old. But like when Shawn Michaels' hat came off, it was like pretty shocking for some people to see like how much hair he's lost. I like I like him with his hat and his beard. He looks good. And also, I want to make a quick comment as well. Like. I had to do a double take when I saw Demi Burnett on my TV because I watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and she I watched her season, and she's crazy. She's a, she's a great time. She's a great character, uh, really, really funny. But I was like, wait, is that Demi from The Bachelor? What? Like, why is she on Raw? Like, is she signed with the <laughs> Like, I don't know. I guess she is. Mm. All right. So overall, I thought Raw was okay. Wasn't the yeah. show that I was going crazy over, but I thought for the most part, going into SummerSlam, I thought the show, like as far as like building and getting invested for views, I think they did a good job with that. I feel like yeah. the more bigger go home feel is going to come with Thunderdome, obviously tomorrow night. So we'll see what goes down there. Also, we got AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy for the IC title. Um, I thought it was a good decision to put it on there so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle for Sarsen. There's already eight matches announced. Yeah. And um, really, really quick things from SmackDown last week. Love seeing Joseph Park on the show. The big pop there. I thought that was great. That was, uh, that was really cool. And Mandy Rose's promo was uh, really good on SmackDown yeah. as well. Um, but we'll get to those predictions later on. NXT, really quick, before we get to our <laughs> the most requested segment in all the podcasts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, NXT, last night started off with uh, Johnny Gargano, Rich Holland match. Very physical match. Uh, also nasty uh, landing for Johnny Gargano in the power slam maneuver by Rich Holland. Uh, Gargano lured him in into a super kick, and Johnny Gargano found a way to beat Holland with a one final beat. Really solid match start up that show. Uh, Dakota Kai made quick work of the girls that I mentioned for Retribution, uh, Jesse Kamea, and um, Dakota Kai 
attacked uh, Io Shirai with Raquel Gonzalez on her side. So I'm I'm looking forward to that match. That's going to be a good uh, good match at Takeover on Saturday. Uh, right. Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Dakota, I, I mentioned this with Brother Carter last week. I think I'd be more into Bailey's heel character if she tapped it more into what Dakota Kai's doing as a heel. Um, like she has more of the aggressive side while Bailey relies on the ding dong. Like sometimes like Bailey's trying to be annoying though. I think it's a little bit different. It's a little different, but her wrestling style doesn't match with her annoying side. Like it's, it's, it's a little different, but I do, I'll I'll give Bailey this. I do like when she like pokes fun at Michael Cole. And so I think (laughs) that's funny. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to the NXT Women's Division has always been good over the years. Yeah, so. I think it's it's probably the best and deepest division in the world right now. Yeah, it's interesting. NXT can find a way to have long uh, women's matches on Wednesday nights, but we can't on TNT. But uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we had a, a, you know, a tag team cup, which I don't know what that even means if they're going to have like a, a cup that's going to be a thing for a while, but. Like none of the matches have been on TV. Like I don't. Like, how is that? Like why is that a thing then? If it's if it's such a big deal, it should be on TV. And you're yeah. what you're telling me is that you're doing it to do it, and then you're putting it on YouTube, which doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. Um, Pat McAfee and Anna Cole had a face to face conversation. I want to give a big uh, round of applause for Pat McAfee because yeah, he's, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He did a wonderful job with his promo last night. Go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he said in a line, he's like, um, "You guys better tread lightly because I could make this be my eighth profession where I made a million dollars." And um, <laughs> I, I think him and uh, Adam Cole are going to surprise some people. I really do. Yeah, uh, Pat McAfee's been a super fan of professional wrestling, and these are one the cross crossover performers that I think could work well in this element. And we're going to see how great of a wrestler Adam Cole is because I think Adam Cole could have a good match with a broomstick. He could get it out of Pat McAfee. Oh, 100%. And we're doing predictions for TakeOver as well, correct? Okay. Yes. We'll do those at the end. But um, I I just really enjoyed that segment. And Adam Cole's like, at TakeOver, I'm going to make you my bitch. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That was some good stuff there. And then – I want to give props to NXT for this. They had a six-man tag team match last night, right? It was Legado del Fantasma. By the way, Santo Escobar, star, just throwing it out there. I like that fashion. I want to give props. I I don't know the name of the referee, but Tony's going to appreciate this. I appreciate the fact that a referee was respected during the six-man tag team match. (laughs) I swear Scott accidentally had a blind tag scenario with Tyler Breeze, and he hit his finisher on Escobar, but he goes in the cover, and the referee's like, you're not the legal competitor. You're not the legal competitor. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was like, Yo, thank you. Let's have some freaking respects for the referees because the referees are the glue of wrestling matches. At least the the process of wrestling matches. You guys can check out my uh, episode with Tony where he explained why they're the essential oh, yeah. of a wrestling match. But uh, shout out to referee Tony. He's the freaking man. Uh, so the, the last two things that, that really stood out for me from NXT was um, the video package for Killer Cross and Keith Lee. 
I'm really excited for that match. <laughs> Matt, uh, guys, go check out that video package that they put on the WWE YouTube channel. It's fucking dope. And then we got to talk about something that everybody talked about last night. And we got a question from King HR about it, uh, where we're going to talk about the Velveteen Dream. So I figured it's now more than ever to talk about this. And um, I'll start off with this. Like, for me, I'm in the position where. I can't fully come on here and just completely bury Velveteen Dream until he gets suspended by WWE. I have to see from the company to harp down on them to show that something did happen. And this sucks for me because I know Patrick Clark a little bit. I had a chance to interview a couple of times when I was in my old radio show. I've had conversations with him over the years. I like Patrick Clark as a person. And one thing that I take very seriously is understand that one ridiculous offense doesn't trump another one. I think racial issues is just as worse as pedophile, um, domestic violence, whatever the situation. I don't think there's one that's worse than the other. Murder, any of that. They're all equally bad in my eyes. So I take a lot of what I'm seeing right now is very seriously. And I pray to God that this is not the real thing. I, I really do. There's been screenshots. There's been people saying that this is his real voice. I mentioned it earlier that I take a lot of things that I see on Twitter with a grain of salt. Yeah, you have to. I'm not going to come on here and defend the Velity dream because I don't have all the evidence. So I'm in the... I'm in a rough position where I can't come out here and fully say, he's a schmuck, he's the worst thing ever, blah, 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 blah. I don't have that full concrete evidence from what I've seen, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if there is any evidence that's actually going on that this is the real deal, 100%, then he should not be on this TV anymore. He should have been fired. Yeah. And I saw Triple H's comments on CBS where you said that, investigation went on. And this is a guy that has three daughters at home. Yeah, exactly. And I'm really hoping that there's nothing that meets the eye of this situation because that's not a good look for Patrick Clark and it's not a good look for the WWE either. I want to make that very clear. I'm not yeah. I'm not have I'm not picking sides here. I'm not picking the side of the Velveteen dream. You know, people are like, oh my God, they're giving a push. He's a pedophile. He's all this a Okay, if you, the evidence you've seen on websites that, that's been accusers that are coming out, if that's what you want to believe, cool, that's on you. I don't think everybody has to feel the same way on the situation that they don't know 100% what the situation is. Why isn't Matt Riddle fired right now? Exactly. Why is it okay for Sammy Guevara to make uh, jokes about rape? But we just passed it over because he's going to have this big old blood feud with Matt Hardy because that, that that's okay. Exactly. Like I'm not going to come on here and pick sides on what's right and what's wrong with the situation. Patrick Clark better hope that this stuff is not true. Yeah, because I'm right there with you, Josh. I feel like I throw a line, but I need actual evidence before I'm going to come on here. And exactly. If there was any validity to the claims, and I'm not saying they're not valid and it didn't happen, I just think that. There has to be an investigation, obviously, but WWE has too much to lose. I said this before we started recording. Like each WWE character is a is its own brand, and you can't do anything to hurt your brand. 
and Velveteen Dream and kind of his character would fit in there. So if, if, if they invest, I just don't think that if there's any sort of inclining that this was true, he would have just been fired because there's, there's too much to lose. And that's just it. Yeah. We heard accusations about Mark Sullivan too. And you know, the, People failed to mention in the conference call yesterday, somebody asked, hey, uh, uh, so uh, I think Nick Hausman, um, <laughs> uh, Nick Hausman asked <laughs> uh, about an update on Lars Sullivan. And you could tell the difference as far as what he wanted to talk about with Double Dream and what he wanted to talk about Lars Sullivan. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is news to me. I have nothing on Lars Sullivan. Think about that. I... Yeah, I get it. I get it. People have their uh, assumptions. People have skepticism over the years of WWE and how they handle business. I I get all sides of the argument. I do. And I'm coming out here just speaking for myself. I'm not trying to do anything but to speak from my own point of view. I can't come on here and fully bury this guy until something goes down to the point of WWE suspending him. Yep, I'm ready to because that's what it is. And, you know, peer pressure from Twitter is one thing, but actual evidence of something happening is another thing. And that's what two, two different things. Yeah. So, again, I'm not discrediting anybody that's saying this is real. I want to make that clear as well. I'm not going to discredit anybody who are, is fully upset. And I understand anger. I, I do. Because that stuff is uh, it's unacceptable. I don't. I don't make excuses for rape. I think it's stupid that AEW is still pushing Sammy Guevara the way they are. Uh, before you know, Excalibur and his racist comments is going to be back on television soon. Uh, yeah. Like, there's, you can't just pick one side of the ledger of what you what's okay with you with certain performances and what's okay with, with other performances because they're in a different company. I just think, I think that's embarrassing. Yeah. So, uh, I I really hope. This is not the real thing, but I'm I'm right there with you, Josh, one hundred percent. So that was NXT uh Velveteen Dream beat the Finn Balor in the main event thanks to interference with Timothy Thatcher. It was announced this morning that Finn Balor will be fighting Timothy Thatcher this Saturday at NXT Takeover thirty. So that's gonna be a wonderful match. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about that, man. I, I kinda wish that Balor would have been in that match. I would like to see Balor win that title at some point so he can you know, have the other title in NXT. That was that's what I thought they might do. But well, I thought I thought Ballard lost because I think that's going to be Adam Cole's next feud. At the oh, end. true. So, um, but yeah, Ballard Thatcher, you want hard hitting match? <laughs> These guys. Oh, that's going to be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I wasn't going to run away from this Velveteen comment. You know. That, that's not what we do here. We do have we do talk about real life situations here. And oh yeah, it, it's a serious thing that should be discussed. And I I get like I said earlier. I hope this is not the real thing. I just can't come out of here and fully trash a guy with just screenshots from social media. You know, I I have had situations of my own when it comes to screenshots and validity of people and how they handle situations. And again, I'll throw it. Why hasn't Matt Riddle been fired? He had sexual uh, accusations as well, so I. It's a lose lose situation. There's no. I want to make this clear. There's nothing positive about this. There's nothing to defend here. Yeah, 
I want some actual facts and seeing what WWE does about the situation instead of assuming and pushing for somebody to be fired. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. So, um, with that said, <laughs> let's have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. What the hell is wrong with AEW? One second, ladies and gentlemen. I'm getting this lowered up here on my iTunes. Here we go. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Brought to you by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. <laughs> and today, Gritty. <laughs> and the Seattle Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think that they played it today. I didn't notice it at all. <laughs> I love that horn. That's yeah. And, and we talked about it before we recorded the show today. It's hilarious that they yeah. Down in Seattle City, there's like a little like at noon, like a kind of like to play for the whole town. It sounds really hokey, but it's just it's unique. Yeah. And last time I was on the show with Josh and Derek, we were I was recording outside, and it just happened and to see their face. Like they're like, "What was that? What was that about?" Like. It's crazy. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with AEW? Well, we got a show on Saturday night, who, which is being touted as the greatest Saturday wrestling show of all time. Um, get out of here. Uh, I just want to run down the lineup here and just get your hot takes and thoughts on this. Extravaganza, <laughs> 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 we're going to see a daily's place on Saturday. Starting off, we have the Elite against three jobbers from the Dark Order. We have John Silver and Alex Reynolds with their two and eight record, and Alan, hear this out: five angels. Oh my Alan god! Alan Angels is the other guy that looks exactly like Stu Grayson, but it's like shorter. So that's that match sounds terrible. Next, yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> um, next one, we have an eight-man tag team match because only god, eight. Yeah. Only yeah. eight. Wow, <laughs> we're, we're making progress. <laughs> making progress. Um, Butcher and the Blade. I wonder where the candlestick maker is at. Um, <laughs> and uh, Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. They'll be taking on. Um, pri- I think they're taking on um, Jurassic Express and SCU. Okay, taxi match. Um, I'm sure that's to be some calamity. Uh, Referees always get buried in these. Okay, I, I like both teams. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of Butcher and Blade. Oh, yeah. Uh, that tag team. Um, I wish Phoenix and Pentagon were solo wrestlers because that's where their strengths are at. Watch the yeah. Lucha Underground and they'll tell you everything. I you love know. the Lucha Bros, man. They're awesome. Um, and <laughs> just hope we don't have enough. Uh, hopefully, it's not overkill with stunted growth um, <laughs> running around. Yeah. Match like last week. By the way, I think you're wearing the same bucket hat you wore on uh, Dynamite last week. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, you wore a bucket hat last week. <laughs> um, Gotta wear the bucket hat. I'm down the beach, man. You know how you despise Alberto Del Rio? That's yeah. how much I despise uh, stunted growth. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they got Jake Hager's not wrestling on this program. Oh, Let's get that out of the way. Um, there was other matches announced. I, I saw that Darby Allen's going to be having a match. I, not they haven't announced who. You saw the spoilers, so maybe you know. I did see the spoilers, but I was it was focused on the a few of the main things that might happen. 
Yeah. I uh, saw that FTR is taking on Private Party. That's a big match that's uh, taking place on okay. Sunday. And then uh, the main event. Oh, boy. Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. the American sociopath. Uh, <laughs> on- the American narcissist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cody Rhodes taking on Brody Lee for the TNT Championship, or as Jim Cornette would like to call him, Boring Brody. Um which is kind of harsh. Yeah. Uh, just like the same question I asked earlier about John Moxley. Have you noticed anything different since Luke Harper has been in AEW? Nope. Except for he's he's in a crazy gang. That's about it, pretty much. And cuts promos that go absolutely nowhere. Yep. Um, <laughs> anybody tell me that AEW is going to out-succeed TakeOver is just lying to yourself. No, they're, they're just <laughs> – they're playing like revisionist history. Like, okay, like if you actually watch, there hasn't been one bad NXT takeover, and that's before AW is even a thing. If you really think this show is gonna be better than Takeover Thirty, you're like you said, you're kidding yourself. I mean, I I originally because we were talking on the phone last week, right? For a while, I originally had thought that they're doing this to go up against Takeover, which I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. It's not gonna happen, but it's because of the NBA. Yeah, uh, I just. Again, seems like a couple nice matches, but it's nothing I haven't seen before. I'm sure I've seen Stardust. I've definitely seen Stardust and Luke Harper face off for the IC title. I think they might have been in, in that ladder match at some point. Yeah, or, yeah. so I, I've seen that before, and it's just, yeah, will it be a nice match? Sure, but does it do anything for their product? Does it advance any story moving in all out? Probably not. And that's the thing. Like, I'm – I look at this card for Saturday, and nothing is must-see to me. Like, every found out of MGF's cutting another promo, because I like to watch that. I know you have your feelings on MGF, but, like... He, he cuts a nice promo. I yeah. mean, I can't say he doesn't. He does. And here's the thing. You have, you're having your show after the NBA playoffs. I think you want to have something with your world champion, John Moxley, but we'll just probably get another random backstage interview, because that's what John Moxley does these days. Uh, to wrap up this, <laughs> we're we're not being. You know what, Josh? This this part of the segment has not been that harsh, and we also we also touched on it earlier. But I just think again, like I hope, considering what I read, um, I just hope that moving forward, AW commits their women's division. That's honestly my biggest gripe, and that's the reason why I'm not gonna. I just don't take it necessarily seriously because I can't in 2020. And me being such a big women's wrestling fan, I mean, if you guys don't know, I had a women's wrestling show on the NAI Network for a little bit uh, with Chip and, and Damian, just all about women's wrestling. And it's it's actually my favorite part of the business, period. Um, my favorite performer is a women's wrestler. So, like, I, I can't I can't take it seriously until they invest. And I understand that there's talented people there. Like Tony said, there's a lot of talented people there. Um, I just – but you, it's all about placement. Whenever they announce a Dynamite show – have they ever been like, okay, so she is going to face? No, it's never announced. And if it is announced, the match is like five minutes long. It's unfortunate. Uh, I think there's a lot, there is some promise with Vicky Guerrero and, and Nyla Rose. I like that pairing. Um, I'm not a fan of Britt Baker at all. And I think she's flipping, ripping off the role models thing, which pisses me off a lot. Uh, but I just want to see AEW invest more time and actually care about the women's division. And I think it's kind of laughable for a company in 2020 that's supposed to be this 
new age. We're different than WWE and we don't have a legitimate women's division. Like when the company started, you know, go sign Deanna Peraza, go sign Tessa, go sign Mercedes Martinez, but they didn't do that. And I understand that the, some of their draws are a lot of their big draws are, you know, Cody in the box and Kenny Omega, but that like, you control that and you control the placement. And that's the, the most frustrating part, especially considering that Brandy Rose is, has a major say in what they do and is one of their top branding officers, I believe. Uh, and, and obviously works with Cody, you know, hand in hand there. So I know that you said this too, and a lot of Twitter said this, but that's my biggest gripe with AEW. It's just the women's division. It's just ridiculous. It's it's unwatchable. I, I can't watch it. It's it's night and day with WWE and NXT. We take any brand, right? You know, I, I, I'm sure there's gonna be some good action, and there'll be some good matches yeah. on, on Dynamite this week. But is there anything that's groundbreaking or or shattering about no. their product right now? No. And that's just my thoughts on it. But um, I want to play this. This is brought to you by the Jim Cornette <laughs> drive through show. <laughs> um, <laughs> here we go. This is Jim Cornette's take on the song Judas. Oh, God. As I was saying, a popular topic has been Chris Jericho. A lot of people have been sending in notes about Chris Jericho. I'm going to read a couple of them here. And get- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean Chris Jericho? I'm become, I'm become, I'm become in. I'm become, I'm becoming, I'm become in. Infected with, infected with the virus in my bloodstream. Judas in my lungs. lungs. That's right. COVID God. Well, a lot of people have been wondering about the COVID. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) On that note, this has been what the hell has been, what the hell is wrong with AW? Let's play the music. I gotta get credit for this. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. You know, Gritty's going to be a great visual for the uh, video version of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Gritty's got to make an appearance, man. Yeah. All right, Matt, we're about to wrap these up here in a couple of minutes, but we got to make some predictions. Yes. Glorious. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right, we started off here. Pre-show, triple threat match, NXT TakeOver right here. NXT TakeOver 30, this show will be at Full Sail University, as the first NXT TakeOver was. Uh, back in 2014. Um, triple threat match. Breeze Ango against Legato Del Fantasma against one of my favorite tag teams, Oni Lurkin and Danny Versh. This two guys is beating the shit out of people. It's They're awesome. Fun. <laughs> this is a triple threat match to determine the number one contenders to the NXT tag team titles. Uh, long-winded there with these freaking stipulations of uh, matches, but uh, triple threat match. Who you got this one? Uh, I got Brizongo. I, I really think that uh, their whole thing in NXT has been rejuvenated when they came back. Uh, they're two guys that are extremely talented, charismatic, and I think that there's a lot of good teams in the NXT tag team division, but 
I think that they need a solid team to hold those titles and kind of change because the aspect of it. We've obviously seen, you know, UAE hold them and Imperium, but I just, I don't know. We need a little bit more star power to draw eyes to that division. So I'll go with Brizongo to win and win the title soon too. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Okay. To win this match. Just uh, out there picks, especially – if this was on the main show, I'd probably go with Legato Del Fantasma, but with it being a kickoff show match, I'll go with um, uh, Lorcan and Birch. Um, by the way, I love Imperium. They're fantastic. Uh, I love the presentation. Just old school. Remember, Matt. Always remember, no matter what it is, pomp and circumstances, I know you love all that stuff in the glitz yeah. remember. Always remember, the mat is sacred, pal. Remember, yes. The mat is sacred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Matt-based wrestlers, um, Finn Balor against uh, Timothy Thatcher. Who you got in this one? <sighs> they've been they've invested a lot in Thatcher recently. I'm gonna go with Thatcher. I'm gonna go with uh, Finn Balor in this one. It is NXT uh, Takeover 30 though, so no, I'm no, I'm changing. I'll go Balor too. Yeah, uh, no, I was interesting. Mar Ronaldo mentioned this on NXT last night that uh, Finn Balor has like a big old NXT takeover winning streak that's going on right now. So <laughs> maybe Thatcher's uh, going to Sebi. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to that match. That should be a fun one to jot down. Uh, we have Dakota Kai against Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, folks are wondering, uh, I either you have the ladder match go first or you have this match go first. Either way, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm going with EO Shirai to retain here, but this should be a fun match to watch. Uh, who you got, EO or Dakota? Back and forth about this. I really enjoy both performers. I've oh, I've liked Dakota Kai since I first saw him in the Mae Young Classic, and EO Shirai is arguably the best women's wrestler in the world right now. Uh, but I think that we just saw EO Shirai win that title, and I'd like to see her hold it for a little longer, so I'll go with EO Shirai as well. Yeah. By the way, I thought it was great to hear Metallica have another theme song on Tinkle. I thought that was. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Man, H- only, only more fitting would have been. Um, God, that's the tip of my tongue. It would have been uh, King of Kings. It, w- it would have been that one. Yeah. With a motor Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would have been a little more fitting, but Metallica is still very fitting for TakeOver. Very nice. Uh, ladder match. This one, this may go 30, 40 minutes. You never know. But uh, Bronson Reed, uh, the Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, and Cameron Grimes. We're going to the moon. <laughs> no, we're not going to the moon. I uh, hate cowboy wrestling characters when there's no difference in between the two. You should have saw him on the bump uh, yesterday. It's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he, he is over the top, but I, I get I get what you're saying. Um, Damian, I'm going with Damian Priest to become the new NXT North American champion. This dude has it. Uh, anything you want to describe what it is, this dude has. And I'm a big fan of his. I wouldn't be surprised if Bronson Reed won the match either. He's been gaining some a lot of momentum. Or you could go the heel route with Johnny Gargano. Uh, he would be the first ever two-time NXT North American champion. But... Nonetheless, I'm going with Damian Priest to win this one. This should be a fun match, and I'm sure Karen Grimes is going to take some nasty, nasty bumps. Oh, God, yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be great, lots of cool spots. Uh, I'm right there with you, Josh. I think that Bronson Reed, obviously, it's a very, very nice story, and I think that 
NXT does so well as character development. You know, I, I learn more about Bronson Reed in a 30 second video package than I ever would in, in any other setting. Uh, and you know, Bronson, Bronson Reed, Chelsea Blackheart, like it's, they, it does so much for the characters. Sorry. The phone is ringing right now, but the phone, the phone is ringing and I think it's, uh, it's Papa H any, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. You're going with Damian Priest too, right? Yeah. Damian Priest. I think that, uh, like you said, he has it. I love, I didn't really understand the character at first. It took me some time to really get it. Uh, but I'm going Damian Priest. Yeah, this is going to be a fun match to watch uh, for sure. Um, next one on the list, Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. Folks, you're going to be surprised here with my pick here. What? Do you, uh, can I go first? Yes. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, the Undisputed Era to turn on Adam Cole, and I'm picking Pat McAfee to pin Adam Cole at, at TakeOver 30. I really – I think a lot of people are going to pick Adam Cole. I think the match is going to be awesome. And, look, if Adam Cole gets pinned, can we not have Twitter be like, oh, I'm going to bury him. It doesn't bury him. It, it's a joke match. It, it's pro It's pro wrestling, guys. Like, come on. Like, flipping uh, – you know, we got Ken Shamrock – what was his name in WCW that was champion? David Arquette was freaking champion in WCW. Like, this is pro wrestling. Snooki had a match at WrestleMania. But I think with in this situation, this is the perfect crossover. Pat McAfee has gained so much steam with his radio show, um, his YouTube channel. Uh, he's just he's – just, I really enjoy his perspective on sports almost more than anyone in the industry right now. So it's just the demographic and the listeners and the followers of Pat McAfee are the same kind of same general demographic that watches NXT. So this is a really smart thing that Triple H did. Uh, I think the feud was built great. You know, Adam Cole comes on his show, cusses him out. They make up Pat McAfee comes to NXT and then he calls him a little bitch. And he, and his, his drop kick was legit. And then it was fun. it was really funny when Triple H like pushed him a couple times and John Michaels got involved. Like I, I have really enjoyed this feud, uh, but I think I gotta go with Pat McAfee, man. I really, really do. <laughs> and it will be a shocking moment. And, and also one thing before before you go, I heard that it's the three year anniversary of the Undisputed Era is was just this week. So they've been a thing for three years, and I do think that Adam Cole is going to be moved Raw and SmackDown very soon. There's not a lot left for him in NXT to do. So I'll go with uh, Pat McAfee and the turn. I got two things here for you. One, I agree with you, Pat McAfee will be Adam Cole. And secondly, guarantee you any money that Brian Alvarez says that uh, Adam Cole should request his release to go to AEW. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is okay. I, I think that Agav texted me this. He's like, oh, he, I think it was him. He's oh yeah, Adam Cole's like going to be in AW. No, he's not. They're, they're not going to let Adam Cole go. Adam Cole's too talented. No. He hasn't even been on Raw and SmackDown yet. He's going to be a a focal point of and a major major star in WWE for a long time. He ain't going to AW anytime soon. They're mm-hmm. not going to let him. They, they they didn't want Luke Harper to go to AW. They're not going to let Adam Cole go to AW. No, <laughs> and for what to be second fill like everybody else that comes from the WWE? Yeah, and and I guarantee if Adam Cole goes to AEW, he'll get the Kenny Omega treatment, which is I'm a major star, but I'm not in the main event, and I'm stuck in the tag teams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like like you say, Josh, no shot, no shot. <laughs> uh, 
Keith Lee, Karrion Cross main event. Can't wait to see what this entrance looks like. Uh, love, I love Karrion Cross. Man, this is really tossing. These are one of the matches where it's like, I don't care who actually wins this match. I'm just looking forward to see what happens. Winner-wise, I can see Keith Lee retaining and have like an angle after the match to continue the feud or no contest at the end. So that's my way of thinking about it. What about you? I, I agree with you there. I really – it's not that I – I don't really care who wins. I mean, I love both performers. But I'm going to just kind of go back to what I said about Adam Cole. I think Keith Lee's coming up to Raw or SmackDown really soon. I think that it's been the summer in the year of Keith Lee. He had that great moment with Roman Reigns and impressed a lot of people, uh, fans and people in the company. And then he had the awesome show at the Rumble. Um, Keith Lee is actually my, one of my early picks to win the Rumble. So I'm going to go with Karrion Cross uh, because of that. And also because I think that Karrion Cross's character is is one where I don't want to see him get beat for a very, very long time because that is his shtick. I don't I will be a little bit disappointed if Keith Lee pins Karrion Cross. I'm not gonna like go on Twitter and freak out about it, but I just feel that the way the character is presented, he should not be pinned. Maybe he, he could maybe pass out, but not tap out and not get pinned. Uh, I could also see Scarlett getting involved. Uh, and helping him win as well. But I, th- I think it's time to give the title to Karrion Cross. Uh, maybe Keith Lee gets a, you know, a, a rematch, a takeover in November. I assume that's going to happen in November. And then Keith Lee goes up as well. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sure this may be a debatable topic right here, but I think Karrion Cross has had more of an impact than NXT that John Moxley has in AEW. Oh, God, yes. That, that and also, like, if you look at the three main events – of these major shows, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross argued Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton or the Fiend and Braun Strowman, and then flipping MJF and John Moxley. There's no, there's no comparison. And I'm way more interested in all three of those matches than I am in MJF and, and uh, John Moxley. Not that it's not going to be a good match. I think the president thing is unique. <laughs> MJF does cut great promos, but for me as a fan, I'm like, it doesn't, I don't know. I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan. I don't I don't need to watch MJF. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch him wrestle a match. I'm not I'm, promo wise. I'll watch a promo, but I just at the whole thing like it doesn't for me as a fan. Like I want to be invested and give me a reason to watch everything every single thing you do. And I don't have that for MJF. And that's just me. Brett Carter's gonna be downtrodden with that, but um. Oh, you remember when I came on the show last time and I was in the middle of my rant and he was in the background like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna speed through these SummerSlam matches. There's eight announced so far. I'm pretty sure you get one more on the kickoff show. Um, so either nine, eight to ten match uh, show uh, at the Amway Center. The tagline you'll never see it coming. Uh, McIntyre obviously or in the main event. Uh, we'll start off here. Hair versus hair match, Mandy Rose against Sonya Deville. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm glad they're on the SummerSlam show this year. They deserve it. They do. And um, three women's matches on SummerSlam. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going Mandy Rose here. Uh, I think I'm also going Mandy Rose as well. I think her promo last week solidified the fact that. Um, you know, Sonya Bill's a fighter, so she shouldn't really care about having hair. So um, this is a little different than Molly Holly and Victoria from WrestleMania 20. But um, this is to be a fun match. I'm going. So, so it's an actual like whoever wins gets their head shaved. 
Yeah. Oh, Manny Rose is definitely going to win. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's start here. Apollo Cruz against MVP for United States Championship. I got Apollo Cruz winning due to the fact that this match uh, has Benjamin and Lashley banned from ringside. That was a good stipulation they had for Ross to get those guys out of the way. Um, I got Apollo winning here, but Retribution comes out and attacks both guys. They're coming out during one of these matches. I'm just yeah, saying, they are. They definitely are. I'm telling you guys right now, before you know it, Retribution will have a part at SummerSlam. It'll happen. Whether you like the group or not, they're good. You're not supposed to like the group. That's the thing. <laughs> you're not supposed to like Retribution. That's why they're there. So I, I'm whether it's this match or the Raw Tag Team title match, they're coming out and attacking people. That's just definitely going to happen. Um, so I got Paul Retain. Who you got in this one? Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Apollo Cruz is going to win this match. I, I can't see MVP winning the U.S. title. I think the, the guy to take the title off Apollo Cruz is Bobby Lashley for sure. Street Profits against Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm going with Andrade and Angel Garza to win this match. Wow. And this was the, the original match that was supposed to happen at WrestleMania this year, but it didn't happen due to Andrade suffering an injury before WrestleMania. Hence, Austin Theory was in um, – Andrade's place. Yeah, where, where's Austin Theory been? No idea. No <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going Andrade and Angel Garza to win. This one. I'm going to go with the Street Profits, and I'm going to say that it's going to kickstart the Andrade and Angel Garza team breakup and feud. I can see that happening too. I like that. It's a toss up, but this should be a pretty good uh, wrestling match as well. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that goes. Um, let's get into your girls. Let's get into the the meats and potatoes of this show because uh, we have two women's title matches and also having Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Asuka. So I'll start with you. What's going to happen here, and how do we get to payback next Sunday? So I mean, I thought long and hard about this. You know, obviously we've talked a lot about this, all, you know, off air, on air. I've talked about it on TBD. I mean, I, I at length with Bailey and Sasha. Uh, I'm happy that they're going into SummerSlam as double champs, uh, but I do believe that this is going to be the start of their breakup. And it was obvious when Bailey made the comment on SmackDown. Now I finally have something important to fight about. She didn't really care. Uh, I think it's pretty to me, which. Apparently, there was a rumor yesterday that Sasha might retain this time of year, SummerSlam, when they're trying to confuse people. Uh, and I did say earlier in the show that like I would much rather Shayna pin Sasha than Asuka. But just based on the story of Sasha and Bailey knocking Kari Sane out, I think Asuka gets her revenge um, and does beat Sasha Banks. But... I think Bailey retains first. And King, this is King. King was the first one to come up with this. So I, I don't want to take that away from this. was King. Okay. I, I do believe Bailey definitely retains with the help of Sasha. I think that's obvious. And then later in the show, I think that Bailey, like King said, Bailey throws in the towel and walks away to the su- surprise of Sasha. And that's how Asuka wins. She has the Raw Championship. Sasha and Bailey are kind of do the, oh, I'm sorry, you know, confused thing. And then at payback, Bailey does it again and walks out of their tag team match. Sasha gets destroyed, gets destroyed. And then um, we kickstart this feud for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And this is the main feud for SmackDown of the fall um, through Night of Champions and Hell in a Cell and Survivor Series and 
Uh, then maybe they, they get split up until we get to WrestleMania. But, and, but hey, at the same time, with all that being said, I could definitely see them continuing this and having that big match at WrestleMania. Uh, my initial SummerSlam prediction was that uh, they might do a triple threat for all the gold, but that's obviously not going to happen. I I love all that they just said there. I I love to see that play. I I really do. I like that concept. I, here's my other idea here. Sasha interferes and helps Bailey retains, but Stephanie comes out in the Thunderdome and says, "You know what? You guys want to keep interfering and messing around with the rules? All three of you are in a triple threat match, and both titles are on the line. That would be unbelievable." I just got the I just got the chills <laughs> thinking of, thinking about that. And hey, I and in, in that respect, I could see Sasha winning that match and Bailey just getting jealous, and that's and that kickstarts the feud. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I think that it's pretty obvious that they want to do this feud for a long time. After yeah. WrestleMania 36, Sasha stared Bailey down. There's just been little tidbits for years and years, and we've talked about this plenty. Uh, mm-hmm. But SummerSlam is the perfect and payback and to set the stage for the fall is the perfect time to actually have this turn happen. Yeah. Yo, if that happens with the, the Stephanie scenario that I came up with, uh, pencil time with Joshi. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, <laughs> if that happens, I could see Asuka winning both belts and having it be full circle from where we started at Money in the Bank because she yeah. said uh, whoever wins this match, she's up next. So. We'll see what happens there. I, I those are going to be two good matches. I'm really looking forward to see how they go about this. Uh, I don't think you could do referee shenanigans again like you did the last couple of shows. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, we got a couple more before we head out here this week. Uh, Dominic Mysterio against Seth Rollins in the street fight. Guys, germs, ladies, everybody. A 15 year heel turn. It's been the waiting. And what a perfect time for WWE Thunderdome to return and having fans and seeing Dominic turn on his father. And Seth Rollins will beat Dominic, but Dominic will turn on Rey Mysterio. Boom! <laughs> and guess what? I agree with you 100%. That, I don't need to say anything else about it. 100%. I, Dominic could lay down, but I don't see Seth losing to Dominic in this match. At all, and Seth, Seth kind of teased on backstage that there was one person he wanted in um, the, with the Monday Night Messiah stable, and I could see Dominic joining Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Oh man, it's gonna be fun, man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hearing the dejection from uh, Byron Saxon. Why? Why? It's just gonna make me think of Derek at home. Oh. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank God for Samoa Joe on commentary, by the way. Yeah, I also want to say that I think Samoa Joe is going to be leaving that commentary table pretty soon. Hopefully. Pretty obvious he's going to feud with Seth Rollins, Hopefully. which will be awesome. Yes. Um, all right, the last two months, let's go with the big top matches. You ready? Um, Braun Strowman against The Fiend. I got Braun Strowman retaining here. But the return of the big dog yep. comes into fruition. Mm-hmm. I I think Reigns will return this weekend, but I'm going to go with the Fiend. Uh, I, I think that 
the story has been played out, played out great. Uh, and it's been cool to see it come full circle with the whole Wyatt family thing. But yeah. I think, I think the company wants to do the fiend and Roman reigns. It's clear they were going to do it at WrestleMania. I thought that if the whole COVID thing happened, it would have been, it would happen after mania as well. Uh, so I think the fiend wins. We have a new champion. I like that idea too. <laughs> Crazy sneak that Braun Strowman dropped Alexa Bliss last week like that. How are you gonna drop good waterfall like that? At least it's a Ryan. Hell, I don't care about her. <laughs> She's a liar. You use me. <laughs> no, check ch- check my phone right here. I'll show you what use looks like. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Main event, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton for the WWE title. This is a proper match to close out the show uh, on Sunday. Looking forward to it. This will be an awesome match. I'm going to agree with my Uncle Jeremy here. Edge causes Randy Orton the match. Yeah. And Drew McIntyre retains uh, yep. playing more. Yep, that, that was my exact thing I was going to say. You gotta have you gotta have Orton Edge Part Three somewhere. Yep. So, well, my only my only thing is he doesn't even have to. Even if he's in a sling and he just comes out, doesn't have to get physical the and just Randy plays. Orton is like, "What the hell? You're already back. Claymore, we're we're done." The music plays and Thunderdome goes nuts. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, <laughs> man. Maybe get a little gist of what WrestleMania was supposed to look like with the Thunderdome with these entrances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Kevin Dunn said that this is it's going to be a bigger spectacle entrance than WrestleMania. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty lofty. But we'll wherever it is, this is going to be cool to see fans around the area. So um, I we'll see what happens. So I'm looking forward to see what happens. So um, all right, man. Starts that coming up this weekend. It should be a fun show. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to it. it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, apologize for the phone. I am in the middle in the middle of my living room. <laughs> I think the people of uh, Seattle want you to uh, blow the horn today. They want you to set it off. They want me to set the horn off, and the phone's ringing. So that means we gotta gotta head on out of here. It's it's just it's like stupid bull. Yeah, it's really like just stupid bullshit collect calls down here. Pretty much, it's so I dumb. hate, I hate spam. Uh, so so stupid. It's brutal. But uh, but yeah, Josh, this was a blast. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, it was it was fun as always, especially for uh, National Recording Day. We had to do it. Yeah, National Radio Day, ladies. Radio and Day. Appreciate the support, everybody. Make sure to subscribe right now to the TBD Wrestling Podcast. Thank you. Tell everybody what's going on in the show this week because I know you're recording it later on. Today. Yeah, so um, I like Josh said, I am the host of the TBD Wrestling Podcast with uh, Referee Tony S. That's at Referee Tony S. Uh, we have a great time. We do the three count, which is, uh, like I said earlier, a segment where you fans and your questions on sports, on life, on wrestling, anything. Um, it really gives the show like a very nice flow because we kind of go – in and out with, you know, topics and stuff. Uh, this week on TBD, we're going to be doing predictions first for NXT TakeOver and for SummerSlam. And then we'll get to your questions afterwards. But looking forward to a fun show with Tony. And then next week, this guy right here, Joshi, is going to make his long-awaited debut to TBD Wrestling. Uh, and I'm yes. really looking forward to that. It's going to be a big part of the show. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we actually... 
Another thing about TBD is we do a thing called the rewind where we did that last week where Tony picked a match that I had never seen before. And he didn't tell me before I started it. And it was Dean Linko versus Eddie Guerrero. And I think it was ECW like 1995, uh, great wrestling match and had a lot of fun doing it. And the funny thing is the commercials, like seeing the commercials. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> like it was hilarious, like how bad the commercials were, and like looking yeah. at the crowd. But uh, me and Tony have a lot of fun. We got great chemistry. Um, it's always a joy to you know talk and you know talk about wrestling, hang out with Tony. So I'm looking forward to recording today, and uh, appreciate you having me on the show again. It's always a good time. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Um, Folks, you can follow me on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast each and every single week on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast from. The show is sponsored by Anchor and Spotify. Uh, appreciate the support, everybody. Uh, since the reviews, more importantly, you can send your reviews as far as like predictions. That can even be a review. Uh, just hit it up in the Apple Podcast section. Leave us a review. Tell us, uh, leave us, let us know what you like or dislike about the show. I want to get some honest feedback on the show. So any support is appreciated. Next week, I'll be recapping SummerSlam as, uh, as well as TakeOver. And then um, uh, the Saturday show uh, next week, I'll be recording with King HR and having our State of Wrestling Media coverage show. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so... For Matt McCool, which you can follow him, by the way, on Twitter at MattMcCool24 and at Instagram. Same thing over there. Uh, For Mitchell McBeal, I am the one and only brother, Adam. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 219 of the Who's Podcast. Try to enjoy the Thunderdome and, more importantly, enjoy SummerSlam weekend. And right now, we're going to send it off to the one and only Director of Operations, Brother Carter, with the dots of Derrico. This has been the Hoops Podcast. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself and stop being indecisive. We're out. Peace. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the best way to kick off your. SummerSlam 2020 weekend. It is the thoughts of Derrico featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. I apologize for not being able to be with you guys live and be on the show as a regular for, for, for the foreseeable future. I'm back into my normal routine and the time that Josh and I would be able to record. Unfortunately, I have things I have to do. So I'm sorry I can't do that. But I will be back as soon as, as soon as I can. But in the meantime, you get my thoughts via satellite. And that's okay. Because even via satellite, Brother Carter knows what you need. And is here to provide, once again, unbiased and right down the middle journalism that you deserve. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole lot this week with what happened on Raw Smackdown. I will say that I am very excited about this, uh, everything that's happening this weekend. I'm going to use my time this weekend to give my predictions, yes, for the two major WWE events that are happening this week. We're going to start with NXT TakeOver 30. I'm so excited for NXT TakeOver 30. Every time I get to watch a TakeOver event, I get really, really, really excited, and it just it just brings an incredible sense of... It reminds me of why I'm a wrestling fan. 
is whenever I watch these takeover takeover events. I usually don't watch NXT just because I don't have time to watch NXT. I'm busy watching Raw and you know, I'm watching Raw and SmackDown. So I usually don't have time to get to NXT every week. So, And it also just makes the takeover events even that much more special. When I get to see these performers only once every two or three months, it just it just is a lot more special to me, and it makes me really look forward to seeing them every single time. And I, they, they they plant this this just this image in my mind of just incredibleness and what they could possibly do when they finally get to Raw or SmackDown. So I'm gonna quickly run over the card, run down the card real quick. And this is the card as the time of this recording. I'm recording this on the Thursday morning prior to SummerSlam weekend. So I'm recording this right now, and we will see. Again, the card could change for both events, but we'll have to see what happens after uh, getting into the weekend. But I'm giving my predictions as the card stands right at this very moment. So we're going to start with the pre-show. The number one contenders match for the WWE NXT Tag Team Championships. You've got Legato Del Fantasma against Brizongo, and then Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. And I'm going to take Legato Del Fantasma here. I think they've been on quite a roll as of late. Um, Wild and Mendoza have been great, along with the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Escobar, uh, Escobar Santos. And so uh, I think that they're just on a roll right now, and I can definitely see them getting the win. So I'm taking Legado del Fantasma to get the win here. Next, we're going to go to the ladder match for the vacant WWE North American Championship. Uh, the field was set last night on NXT. You got Bronson Reed, you got Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and the Velveteen Dream. And I'm actually going to take Damian Priest here. He's been on a roll as of weight. He looked great at the last takeover in his match with Finn Balor. So I'm going to take Damian Priest to be your new North American champion. Next up, you've got the NXT Women's Championship match. You've got Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. Raquel Gonzalez made her return last night, which is pretty cool. I'm going to take Io Shirai to retain. I don't see them taking the title off of her anytime soon. I think that she's done some outstanding work. She's a fantastic wrestler, and I don't see any reason to take the title off of her at this point. So I'm taking Io Shirai to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Next up, you've got the special grudge match, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. And I've been going back and forth on this one. I'm going to take Pat McAfee here because I... What's the point of having McAfee on the show? Because this is obviously a one-off for him, and then he goes away. So I don't see any reason for Adam Cole to get the win here. So I'm going to take Pat McAfee, it's, and it's not going to be a clean win. you know. And Adam Cole, of course, is going to make, make Pat McAfee look great. So I'm taking Pat McAfee to get the win here. Don't see any reason for Cole to get the win. Even though I love Adam Cole, baby. He's the man. And then finally, you've got your NXT Championship match. you got Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. I got to go with new champion here, Karrion Cross. I don't see any reason for him not to get the title here. Ever since he's debuted with NXT, he's been just an absolute machine. So I am taking Karrion Cross to be your new NXT champion. All right, let's switch gears. Let's go to SummerSlam, and I'm going to run down the card here real quick. I don't, uh, let's see here. I. I am really, really looking forward to this card. The more and more I look at this card, I just got to say, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am. On paper, this looks like an incredible card, and I think inside the new Thunderdome, they're going to deliver just as well. So I am really looking forward to this. I think this is going to be absolutely fantastic. I don't know if they've listed it yet. It hasn't been listed as of 
this moment. But I have a feeling that on the kickoff show, we're going to get Cesaro and Nakamura defending the SmackDown Tag Team titles against Lucha House Party. And I think Cesaro and Nakamura retain. No reason to take the titles off of them at that point. That hasn't been listed or made official yet, but I think that they are going to have that match. And so on the pre-show. And if they do, I'm going to say that Nakamura and Cesaro retain the SmackDown Women Tag... Sorry. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships. All right. Speaking... I, I said women because that's going to get into the next match. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a hair versus hair match. Why these two are not competing for a... Well, I know why they're not competing for a singles title. Because they're busy wrapping up this feud in a hair versus hair match. Mandy Rose gets the win here. Uh, Sonya Deville is shaved bald. And Sonya Deville goes off and starts whooping ass in the singles division, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown. I guess it can be on SmackDown, that's fine. But I see no reason why she can't just start whooping ass. And she's going to be even more badass than ever. And I see her actually in the, in the SmackDown women's title picture sooner rather than later. So I am taking uh, Mandy Rose to win the match and shave Sonya Deville bald. Next, we have the two women's championship matches. And Bailey said that she was going to go first and take on Asuka. Now, this is the match that is actually, I think, the most up in the air. Because there's two ways you could go with this. I am going to say, and I've been going back and forth on this, my initial thought was that Asuka was going to defeat both Bailey and Sasha Banks. And then there was going to be a title unification at that point. And then she was going to go back and forth on both shows and defend the 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 then WWE Women's Championship on both shows. However, I've changed my mind as of late. I'm going to say that Bailey wins this match somehow and defeats Asuka. But then Asuka defeats Sasha Banks to become the Raw Women's Champion. And then that dissension between Bailey and Sasha Banks starts and can build throughout the fall season. So I'm going to say that Bailey retains. And then Asuka defeats Sasha Banks to become the Raw Women's Champion. Now, I've, that's my prediction. However, do not be surprised if Asuka wins both belts and then there's a title unification at that point. Next up, you have Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States Championship. I say that we get a new United States Champion. Uh, United States Champion MVP defeats Apollo Crews uh, because Cedric Alexander somehow turns heel, and joins the Hurt Business. Because I've said for a while, the Hurt Business needs a new, a, a young talent, a not, you know, a, a not vet, not as veteran person to be the, the person that they're grooming, the next generation of superstar in the Hurt Business. And I think Cedric Alexander would fit that really, really well. So MVP wins the U.S. title with a Cedric Alexander heel turn. This, uh, next up, you have Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight. I think Mysterio gets the win here. I don't, but because and the reason that they did this was so that it'd be safer. You know, Dominic Mysterio only has to do a few wrestling moves, and in the meantime, they can just beat the hell out of each other. I think that Dominic Mysterio gets the win here, and then we see what happens with the Monday Night Messiah if he continues his program with Rey Mysterio going into the fall. I don't know, but I'm gonna take Dominic Mysterio to get the win here, and I think I think this match is gonna be better than people think. I really do. Street Profits defending their Raw Tag Team titles against Andrade and Angel Garza. Going to take the Street Profits to retain here. And then eventually we start to see some dissension amongst Andrade and Angel. And Zelina's, Zelina Vega's stable begins to deteriorize. And they start to go their separate... All three start to go their separate ways. Unless 
Angel Garza breaks off and Andrade stays with Zelina. I don't know. But I think the Andrade-Angel Garza team is going to dissipate very soon. But I'm saying the Street Profits retain. And then, uh, let's see, get everything. Yep, then we have our two championship matches. The Monster, Braun Strowman, versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And I really think that they need to do with Bray Wyatt, they need to turn him into a Braun Strowman-type character, and he only appears once every now and then to defend his Universal Championship, which I think he's going to win on Sunday. And we get a new Universal Champion, Bray Wyatt, becomes uh, the Universal Champion. Because, again, I, I you know, Strowman, I think... I know that Strowman was kind of thrown in at the last minute because Roman Reigns was not able to be at WrestleMania, but he's done a hell of a job as Universal Champion over these last few months. He really has, and has made the most of his opportunity, and I love the promo that he cut this past week on SmackDown. It was unbelievable, and now Alexa Bliss is involved with this. It's all great, but I think that this is the time for Bray Wyatt to win the Universal Championship. They can get one more match at Payback or at the next pay-per-view after that, but I say that we have a new Universal Champion and Bray Wyatt takes the title. And then finally, the WWE Championship match, which I believe will close SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre defending against Ray Ort, uh, uh, against Randy Orton. And I am so torn on this. I really, really, really am. I'm going to say McIntyre retains because I think he needs to get his live moment with live people, whenever that is. Now, I don't know if they can keep him as the champion for a year, but Orton doesn't need the title. I get, neither of them really need the title. Gosh, I am so torn on this. I'm going to say McIntyre retains, but that the two of them get one more match, either at Payback or sometime down the road. But I am going to say that Drew McIntyre retains and is still your WWE champion. And those are my predictions for SummerSlam weekend. I hope you guys enjoy the shows as much as I will. My final thought is please, please, please wear your mask so we can end this thing and be around each other again. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.